Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature content, horrible puns, and material not suitable for younger or more sensitive listeners. You have been warned. Welcome back, dear ghouls and ghosts, to this spooky show, your respite from such gruesome things as fresh air and social interaction. (laughs) (laughs) When did I eat beans? I could taste that. (laughs) I could taste a little. It's awful. It's fine. We hope that you have your bags packed, Spooky Nation, and your boarding passes ready, because today, the Ghoul Babes will be your in-flight entertainment as we travel around the globe in 90 minutes to our dream paranormal destinations. That's what we do. We are in-flight entertainment. It's true. (laughs) We're definitely not going to save your asses, so. (laughs) No, no, hell no. (laughs) Save yourselves. You know how to fly too, right? There's a gremlin on the wing of the plane. (laughs) You have to believe me. Or if you're Johnny Bravo, there's a clown on the wing of the plane. That's scarier somehow. <laughs> that, well, to you. To me. <laughs> Same. To me. And to Anybody you. on the wing if of the plane, If I looked out and scary. saw a fucking clown on the wing, no, fuck that. Goodbye. Like you said, though, if I look out and I see anybody on the wing of the plane, I'm going to be like, uh... <laughs> I'm like, pushing the call button really quick. Like, like, bring the thing down, the windshade down. I know, just it. like very slowly pull the windshade down. Didn't see it, I didn't see it, didn't see it. Didn't see anything. <laughs> So, I'm the brains of the show, Jade. I'm the brains of the show, Lauren. And I'm the brains of the show, Vivian. So as you can see, we're, we're all, all the, the brains, brains of the, of the show. show. <laughs> Am I the brains of the show? You're going to be a brain in a jar if you don't sittle down and shut up over there. No, you're not. You're the butt of the show. <laughs> Speaking of which, guys, I just, I don't understand. I don't. How did we fail this time? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Hi, guys. We got everything on our list. The rusty oil drum, sewer water, citric acid. Wait, wait. Did you say citric acid? Oh, we were supposed to be creating a skeleton, not a bath bomb. Hey, look, it's not my fault, I swear. I just followed the list. Next time, don't write it in pencil. I found your list replaced sulfuric acid with citric acid. On the bright side, my skin has never been softer. Oh, my God. God damn it. Well, what do we do now? We're going on this trip and wait. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Shove Shove him him out out of the plane. First class? You're going to be first class, all right. It's okay. He'll get his. So, Spooky Nation, as we said, we're going on a trip to our dream destinations that are rife with paranormal activity. And for the first time in a long time, the Ghoul Babes will be bringing a pair of guests along with us. That's right. We had the pleasure of sitting down with Ghost Show, a paranormal investigation show on YouTube created by Jay Milton and Jeremiah O'Reilly from the band The Demos. Not only did we learn their dream destinations, we also dug deep into their darkest fears and spooky secrets of the trade. But more on them later. For now, the fasten seatbelt sign is on, so buckle up, Buttercup, as we set course for Lauren's dream destination. Ooh, my place first. Yours is first. Probably because it's still in the States. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Maybe. 
So my dream destination, perhaps one that a lot of diehard paranormal enthusiasts have heard of, it's of course the famous Eastern State Penitentiary, located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on Fairmont Avenue. I'm just going to come out and say I don't like the word penitentiary. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a it penitentiary. <laughs> Not at all was the issue. No, no, I was right there with you though. The it's penitentiary. Yeah, it's like, isn't it penitentiary? Penitentiary. That's how I thought it was. Is it penitentiary? It's, it's penitentiary. It, okay, fine. Either way, it just feels like a word that didn't know when to stop. It's true. It's got a, 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 some unnecessary vowels in it. Let's just say that. Like, can we dial back? Can we just go back to prison and jail? Yeah. Can I just say Eastern State Jail? Jail. <laughs> I'm just gonna jail put you in a box. Is, jail is different than prison. That is true. Jail is where you are held overnight, and prison is where you are for life. Jail is anywhere <laughs> from a year or less, and a prison is a year or more. Mm. So then, I don't know. I've always heard it penitentiary, but I don't know. I kind of penitentiary, penitentiary flows off the tongue a little bit more. Yeah. It could just be an accent thing. It's a dumb word. It's it a is dumb. a dumb word. Words are stupid. English is stupid. Fuck English. I'm, I'm filing this Fuck one under. Grammar. I'm filing this one under. It's dumb when people think say pop when they mean soda. Oh my god. You don't like you don't like pop. What's pop. wrong? What's wrong with pop? <laughs> or Jimmy's? No, I hate that Jimmy's one. on your ice cream. I'm gonna Sprinkles. rustle your Jimmy's over there. <laughs> rustle Jimmy's gets her every time. <laughs> I just think of the gorilla's face, like <laughs> my Jimmy's are rustled. <laughs> That really rustles my jeans. That needs to be a meme. My jimmies are ruffled. It is a meme. I think it is, actually. It's a very old meme. Yeah. (laughs) It's from a cereal? It it used to be. It used to be called Russell Jimmy's. That's an unfortunate name for a cereal. That's just an unfortunate name for anything, actually. (laughs) Really? Russell anything is unfortunate. With that little, like, gorilla smile. Just the... Now I think they call it Gorilla Munch. That's not better. (laughs) That's not an improvement. Oh, is it the same people that do like the panda munch and the? Yes. Uh, I think it's the panda like, puffs. It's the like zebra, kind of, yeah, the ones that are at like Whole Foods or, or whatever. Something yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Panda puffs. I think it's the panda one. Gotcha. Because I was like, that has pandas on it. I kind of want it. <laughs> I can honestly it. say I've never had any of them. I mean, I ate me. If it's I'm not sure named after the same cereal, yeah. if it's not named after a candy bar or it rips your mouth <laughs> or open cookie. while you're eating it, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. Or if it doesn't turn the milk chocolatey, I don't care. Cakes okay. are good, but they're also good for you. Speaking, yeah. of, but when it comes to name brand uh, name brand cereals, fuck fruity pebbles. Yeah, fruity pebbles are like disgusting. Pebbles. I, I don't like, like the fruity ones for the first like five minutes, not even five seconds. You realize this I, is then the they second get episode in a, we talked in a about cereal. We talked about cereal. I fucking are love we, cereal. Are we shit talk cereal? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love cereal. Okay, <laughs> I I mean it's okay. I love cereal. That Sometimes is all I'm our quarantine food is. It's just cereal. It's, it's all just, just cereal. I mean, it's, cereal's all right. Cereal and frozen milk. <laughs> frozen? Is it in a bag? Are we in a bag? You guys going to ask the same get, question. Do you got milk in a bag? It's a bag. <laughs> what is cup? bagged milk? It's just milk in a bag. It's milk in a bag. Why is that so weird? It's just milk in it's a bag, guys. It's milk in a bag. <laughs> Get so ding dang cold, the stuff in your nose just freeze right up. Oh yeah, the milk in your nose just freaks oh, right the up. milk, you know, the, the milk don't come out your nose; it just come out as icicles. You can kill someone with that. Just pew pew. <laughs> or if you sneeze real hard, yeah, it can cause a real big problem. <laughs> Looking at twenty five to life. Twenty five to life. Just for that's that. how Uncle Chuck lost an eye. Eh? 
<laughs> I'm never con- criticizing a word again because this is where we end up. Yes. Yeah. Should I? Okay. I should probably say penitentiary. Segway. It does sound a little bit better to say penitentiary. So whatever part of the of the country penitentiary is from, I'm gonna go with it. Yes. <laughs> So, Eastern State Penitentiary, or ESP, as most call it, which will totally solve that problem from here on out. <laughs> right. Da, 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 da. Oh, wait. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're missing a letter. <laughs> it uh, opened in 1829 under the belief that prisoners should be rehabilitated through, quote, confinement in solitude with labor. Sounds an awful lot like what we're going through with this whole quarantine thing, huh? Just, you know, minus the labor. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not essential. I'll never be essential. You know, I'm starting to think I'd take prison food over Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> it's that bad. That's a hard sell, man. But as I was saying, many believed that crime was the result of environment, and solitude would make any criminal feel the full weight of their actions and become penitent, thus actually coining the new word penitentiary. Yes, penitentiary. <laughs> Side note, uh, the halls of the prison were even designed with churches in mind to further drill home that feeling of penance. Yes. That's why the windows are very high. Exactly. And very, like, very, very tall They're very tall Mm -hmm. ceilings, very high windows, because they want the light. You can't see outside, but they want the light of the Lord, basically, to shine on you and make you think about what you did. Oh, yeah. They called it, like, the eye of God or some shit. Yes. And then they also, from the outside, wanted people to look at it and feel intimidated and not go anywhere near it. Yes. You know, Much like a church for Vivian. Much like, yes. There we go. I mean, it works. (laughs) I mean, honestly... Literally, what churches look like to you? I just Perfect. go, no. <laughs> Unless you no. need holy water, in which case you run in and run out. I did run in and <laughs> sp- ah, fill up this water bottle, please. Ah. That's pretty much how it went. <laughs> oh, I wonder with all the quarantines if you can just order it to be shipped to your house for free. I don't want priests showing up to my house. <laughs> they can't. It didn't go well the last they time. They can't. They can't be within six feet of you. They have to sit outside, like down the hall. <laughs> then I get to shout, your mother sucks cocks in hell at them. It's not good times. (laughs) (laughs) This correctional method would later become known as the Pennsylvania system. This system was a stark contrast to the one already put in place in other parts of the country, like the Auburn system, which said that prisoners should be forced to work together in silence and should be subjected to physical punishment. But I know, this isn't the shit y'all came here for. You guys came here for the creepies, the ghosties, and the ghoulies. And I don't just mean us ghoul babes. Don't forget the crawlies. I didn't come here for crawlies. The bleeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. The what, the what, and the what? The who, the what, and the where? (laughs) So yeah, that's enough background from me. Let's get into the real twisted shit. Mm. At first, at first. (laughs) As usual. As usual. At first, things seem great. Things at the prison did seem great. Prisoners were allowed to read, exercise, and even keep pets should they want, as long as they remained in their cells. Their entire lives were conducted from their cells, and they were completely cut off from the outside world for, quote, rehabilitation purposes. I mean, that sounds great to me. I get a (laughs) pet, and I don't have to deal with anybody else? I was just thinking the same thing. Like, I don't have to deal with people, and I can, like, cuddle up to my pet, and everything's all good and fine and dandy? Oh, I'd be okay with that for, like, a couple days. You said pet, and my mind immediately went to Renfield, keeping his flies and spiders. Master, (laughs) please don't throw my spiders away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why am i being released good behavior <laughs> how i've only been in here for a moment but for that moment your behavior was very very good <laughs> i saw everything i didn't see anything i, I saw, saw everything, everything. 
So yeah, if an inmate ever actually needed to leave their cell for any reason, a prison guard would wrap a cloth hood over their face to keep the other prisoners from seeing them and recognizing them. The cells themselves even had pretty advanced features for the time, including running water and a pipe system that served to keep the cells warm during the winter months through the use of hot water. Sounds pretty great, right? I mean, for prison, that is. <laughs> what they could have done is they could have jam-packed each cell with several prisoners and started implementing severe acts of torture on them. Oh, wait. Oh, no. no. Oh, wait. Oh, no. This took a turn. <laughs> this is where the Fruity Pebbles come in. This is exactly where the Fruity Pebbles come in. I think in. it's worse than Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> please tell me Fruity Pebbles aren't real. They can't get me. They can't hurt me. <laughs> Fruity Pebbles. <sighs> Due to overcrowding, the solitary confinement system was abolished in 1913, and it continued to operate as a congregate prison until its official closure in 1970. From the outside looking in, the prison's main goal was still to rehabilitate through solitude and penance. However, the reality was quite grim. Prison guards subjected the inmates to various methods of brutal torture, such as dousing them with ice water as they stood outside in winter until ice formed on their skin. You know, snow con. Oh, God. Get it? it? It's like cone, but but it's con. <sighs> I am mad. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm I mean, I know I warned it, but like it's usually coming from me. Usually, yeah. Usually. <laughs> we did warn you. If you want to turn back now, too late, you're stuck. Too late, you're stuck. You're going to be thinking about that in your in your dreams tonight. You're in here. <laughs> with us. With we us. blew up the exit. You can't leave. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you can't leave once you're on the plane. And that's where we're at. We're on the plane. One of the other things that they did was they would strap prisoners to chairs for days on end with tightly fastened leather restraints that, in some cases, actually caused amputation and even chained their tongues to their wrists in such a way that should they struggle against the chains... They would tear their tongues out. This just sounds well, like the movie Saw at this point. Basically, yeah. I was thinking like Kevin McAllister, you know, when he grows up and <laughs> like, realizes becomes Jigsaw. fucked up shit. Like, oh, that made what? my tongue hurt. Oh, isn't it terrible? I have a short tongue. Oh, no. This would be bad for you. And like the way that you they wouldn't be able to move it, your arms ever. <laughs> the way that they did it was they chained their arms be behind their mouth. back. So like. So if they tried to like move their arms forward, it would like pull wait. their tongue out. They, like, chained them behind their back, and if they tried to struggle it at all, pull. it would pull on the tongue. Oh, wait, so they connected something to the tongue that yeah. then connected to, to the, the wrist. Yeah. yeah. I was imagining legit wrist to the mouth Oh, no, no. Situation. Like, it's if you move your arms at all or try gotcha, to struggle, gotcha, gotcha. it'll rip your tongue out. I mean, that's still horrifying. Yeah. But at least your hand's not in your face as you do it. Right. <laughs> oh, that would just be worse. <laughs> I mean, it's not as human centipede as it sounds. Nah. By far, though, one of the worst methods of torture, as if the tongue thing wasn't bad enough, it was reserved for the worst-behaved prisoners. They were thrown into a pit called The Hole, which was an underground cell block, and not a very clever name. No. Just, hey, you want to go to the hole? <laughs> it's literally a hole. <laughs> I'm going to throw you into the hole if you don't start acting right. <laughs> Is it full of glory? <laughs> glory, glory, hallelujah. It's not one of those holes. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is there is no glory in this hole. <laughs> there is no fear in this dojo. <laughs> there is no fear in this dojo and there is no glory in, in this, this hole. hole. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> Catchphrase. T-shirt. So as for the hole, they were left with no light, no human contact, no bathroom, and very little food and air, usually until the next prisoner did something to warrant being thrown in. However, 
With these prisoners being made an example of, it would sometimes be ages before anyone dared do anything that would get them the unfortunate punishment, leaving the other prisoner in there for literal weeks. Jesus. I know, isn't that fucked? That's just gonna drive somebody crazy. Mm-hmm. I think I'm it's gonna the, go uh, start raving mad. It's the no air and the no bathroom that really sucks. One of oh the... god, those two things do not pair well together. No. no. No, not at all. And also, uh, on top of that, I didn't put it in my notes, but I just remembered it. They had a heating system there. It was supposed to, you know, make it more bearable in the winter months, but the guards didn't use it like that, obviously, because they haven't been very, you know, stand-up guards before now. They would just turn it all the way up as, like, an extra... As extra... So they basically fry. Yeah. Basically just kept them in there to, like, to stew. So there's no air. They have to shit themselves. And it's hot as balls. So if they weren't going to go crazy from being stuck in the hole without any air or light or people, they're literally going to go mad from their brines, their brines, their brains frying. Their brains melting. Yeah, pretty much. I was going to say, like, they are basically brining. I mean, they are. (laughs) They're they're stewing in their own juices. Mm. (laughs) I taste delicious, but smell awful. No one should be this delicious. (laughs) It's like durian. (laughs) Yes, I hear it stinks. On top of all the torture, overcrowding was becoming a huge problem. Several prisoners were often housed in the same cell, practically piled on top of each other. Disease ran rampant, and with the addition of the torture method, so did madness. In one instance, an inmate named Joseph Havel stabbed his cellmate, George Cop, to death with a pair of scissors. I mean, his last name was Cop. <laughs> yeah, like, are you a cop? You ain't gonna get me, copper. <laughs> That's just kind of what he said to people he met, like, you a cop? And he was like, yeah, actually, actually my last I name am. is... Nope, stab, 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 stab. <laughs> Stabity, stabity, stab. These are two of the many, many ghosts that are said to haunt the penitentiary. Which is awkward if they haunt the same cell. Like, oh, about that, uh, that stabbing there. <laughs> I was under a lot of stress, and you know, I'd only eaten, like, half of my bread for the day. You know how I get when I get hungry. I get kind of stabby. You know, sorry about that. <laughs> It's okay, Joseph. Eat a Snickers. <laughs> you're not you unless you eat a Snickers. <laughs> Hungry? Grab a knife. <laughs> you're, you're awful stabby today, Joseph. Maybe you should have a Snickers. Maybe that's why Joseph killed him, because he was that hungry. Maybe. Maybe he's like in the cartoons where they would just like picture them like he's like a big, like all of a sudden he turned into like a steak or a turkey yeah. leg. <laughs> and just licked his lips all comically. Put the, nap- put the napkin on around his <laughs> around his neck like a bib. Like, mm. <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? I don't like that look in your eye, Joseph. Hey, put down those scissors. Those are for crafting. <laughs> those are for scrapbooking. Put them down. You know how... You those know are how, like, like a paper scissors. You know how, like, grandmothers get when you use their fabric scissors on oh, anything other like, than fabric? I get that I, way. I get that way. If somebody uses, like, like, hair scissors or craft scissors on anything else, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You. It's like, as he's being stabbed, he's like, those are fabric scissors. Oh, stop, <laughs> those you monster. Are pinking shears like i mentioned before the penitentiary closed in 1970 but the haunting started as early as the 1940s it's said that cell block 12 is haunted by echoing voices and mad cackling cell block 6 is known for shadowy figures that dart up and down the halls and cell block 4 is where people have reported seeing ghostly faces and even the silhouette of a guard Perhaps the most famous story is that of Al Capone. <gasps> Ooh, Scarface. <laughs> Don't call him that to his face, though. Yeah, he apparently does not like he being called Scarface. hated that nickname. No. Now, I won't go too far into his story, as it does deserve an episode all its own. He was a crazy motherfucker, as y'all know. 
Yes. But here are a few key points. Before his eventual incarceration in Alcatraz, Capone got his first taste of prison life in Philadelphia when he entered a movie theater with a concealed weapon. It's said, though, that his stay in the prison was very plush compared to other prisoners. He had fine furniture, decorations, and even a radio where he could listen to waltzes, as he liked to do. Despite all of this, Capone would be heard screaming and wailing at night at someone he called Jimmy. He could be heard screaming for Jimmy to leave him alone, and sometimes his terror would be so real, the guards would come rushing into his room expecting to see him being attacked, only to find Capone alone in his room and very, very terrified. It's pretty this bad time. to scare Al Capone. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, I know. That's not a dude that's easily rattled. No, he wasn't afraid of anybody in life. I this get, time, I get... Jimmy did the wrestling. Damn it, Quincy! Damn it. You stepped on my joke! rustled i'm sorry that was beautiful <laughs> i like though that we were on the same wavelength but still fuck you i know major high fiveage there <laughs> <laughs> so it's said that jimmy was the name of a man capone had killed and was now haunting him wherever he went because he was quite rustled <laughs> that's, it. Of, that's it that's it no more <laughs> Jimmy left ESP with Capone and even supposedly followed him to Alcatraz, making this haunting not exclusive to ESP. However, visiting Capone's cell is still a must-do, should anyone ever find themselves on one of the many guided tours this prison has to offer nowadays. They also do run a, uh, a really extensive-looking haunted attraction as yes. well. I, I gotta I gotta go. If I didn't have to go before, I yeah, really like, have I have to, to go. go now. Yeah. Each section of the prison is themed, and it's just so fucking cool-looking. I have a rule, though. If ever I, uh, like, want to go to a haunted house, I try not to look into it at all so I can go into it blind. Well, then you'd be surprised. Exactly. Yeah. Boy, am I going to be surprised Boy. when Jimmy shows up and starts he, rustling things. When he jumps out and starts rustling plates and <laughs> fabric scissors and whatnot. Oh, yeah, you didn't like that, did you? I'm going to use these fabric scissors to cut paper. <laughs> and then maybe if I haven't eaten that day, I'll stab you to death. Who knows? <laughs> it's crazy scissors. in the world of Jimmy. <laughs> like Bobby's world, but it's just Jimmy oh rustling shit. <laughs> Shaking jars of beads. Uh, I bet you're real scared now. <laughs> you, just <gasps> shake, you just shook a jar of change at me. Like, <laughs> yeah, real ghostly shit. Ooh. Ooh. Get off my rug. <laughs> a prison filled with torture, disease, and madness definitely makes for one eerie, haunted destination, and this ghoul babe would love nothing more than to roam its halls, chasing the shadows and joining in on the crazed laughter that echoes through the building. In closing, damn them for making me agree with Charles Dickens, who toured the prison in 1842, and with all of the indignation of a modern-day Yelp reviewer, wrote a scathing review calling it, quote, a place of torture and agony. Still, fuck Charles Dickens. Yeah, fuck that asshole. Hashtag, <laughs> Hashtag Fuck Charles I Dickens. I hate Charles Dickens. First of all, do. okay, I have a theory. What? I have a theory of why the phrase hurts like the Dickens. Because I have two theories, actually, mm -hmm. on the way that this phrase came about. Either he was a complete dick and would just, like, run up and kick people in the shins and, like, dump their books and give them wedgies. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> and it was just a complete asshole. You've just been dickened. <laughs> or it was just... Don't ever say that again. No, please say that again. Hashtag you've been dickened. Dickin. You want to get dickened? <laughs> Dickeny-doo. I'm looking at you. Please 
don't. <laughs> like, please stop. <laughs> so either it was that, or it was just people were forced to read his prose, which is, ugh, god-awful. And that's where I feel like, why am I reading this? It's painful. Because if best, you don't, I'm going to kick you. The best of times, the worst of time, Charles, stop. <laughs> this is just the worst of the time. <laughs> this is just worse. Can and worse just, and worse Can and worse. you just dump my books and call me a nerd already? God, I hate this. I'll even bend over so you can wedgie me. Shit, just end my suffering. <laughs> Don't make me read Oliver Twist. So, in your mind, Charles Dickens is the aliens and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that want to do poetry? poetry? Yes. Okay. Ah, yes. And it, like, fries your brain. Yep. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I just don't like the way he treated his fucking wife. Fuck Charles Dickens. He was a dickhead. She he was a Dickens kids. head, you say? He was a Dickens head. <laughs> You're welcome. She had ten kids and he had the nerve to be upset that she got fat. Excuse Stop me. sticking it to her. Stop sticking the Dickens to her. <laughs> Stop Dickensing her already. <laughs> Lord, give the woman a break. <laughs> She's tired, okay? <laughs> so, and surprised she lived that through that. I mean, this was the 1800s, where, like, yeah. you know, a nosebleed, you would die the next day. <laughs> so ten kids, and she's still standing? Bravo, lady. Catherine Dickens. That was her name, right, Catherine? I don't fucking know, but bravo, <laughs> Lady Dickens, because your lady husband was Dickens. an asshole, his prose was awful, and apparently he liked to Dickens the shit out of everyone. So you know what? <laughs> Kudos to you. You survived, and we take our hats off to you. Fuck Charles Dickens. Fuck him. <laughs> In closing, fuck, fuck Charles, Charles Dickens. Dickens. I had an English teacher who, she hated him so much that we did not have to read any Charles Dickens because she hated him so bad. I just Good. didn't have to read Charles Dickens. Me either. <laughs> Am I the only one that was forced to read Charles Dickens? Sounds like it. Yeah, oh probably. my god. Yeah, I, I got out of I it. Have such a, is that why I have such a sunny disposition all the time? Bleak house. Mm-hmm. You have a very Dickensian disposition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Dickensian street orphan. Have you got a high penny, sir? No. Well then, how's about a smile? <laughs> I'll get to get to back to the workhouse and drink me gin. <laughs> so, where are we traveling to now, y'all? Well, speaking of British accents. Hey, we're going to Germany. Aww, <laughs> you got me all hyped up for bust Speaking the accent out. And... You already did. Well, now you get my German accent, yeah. Yeah. I have to get back to Stuttgart in time to see Kraftwerk. I'm sorry, guys. I'm still trying to figure out a way to edit out the accents. Too bad. My German accent you just bleeds into Russian. And yeah, mine too a little bit. It turns like a little Transylvanian. I turn into Dracula at some point. Transylvania next day. Yeah. <laughs> Clock 29. Oh, can I give you a shine? Can I give you a shine? No, thanks. thank you. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it, young Frankenstein. Uh, so my... God, my eye is twitching, sorry. I know, it was the accent that did it. <laughs> it pushed it right <laughs> yes. over the edge. I'm allergic to German accents. Oh no, her face is swelling as we speak. Oh, Does anyone I have an EpiPen? I smell sauerkraut. I smell sauerkraut. <laughs> Yeah. I don't like it. I have a very affected demeanor. Life is pain. <laughs> <laughs> life is pain. Life Hashtag is... fuck Charles Dickens. Life, life is joyless pain. Much like Charles Dickens' pose. <laughs> Hashtag fuck Charles Dickens. So, my actual dream destination in Germany is Neuschweinstein uh, Castle. But it's not haunted, as far as I know. So, instead, we travel across the Rhine to 
get, wait for it. Uh-huh. Waiting. Waiting. Reinfeld's Castle. Oh. Uh, <laughs> creative in the name department. <laughs> Hold yes, up. Very. <laughs> Located in the Rhine Valley. Ooh. No way. <laughs> no. Shut up. <laughs> you so did not even. <laughs> On a scale of one to even, it's odd. Okay? <laughs> it's odd. Uh, lays what's left of uh, Reinfeld's Castle. The ruins are located just above the left bank of the Rhine in Zonktgolar, Germany, built in 1245 by this guy's name. Oh, guys. Lord. Oh my god, no. This oh guy's name. Oh boy. I kind of love it. Dieter V of Katzenelbogen. That's a that's a name. Oh. And like Katzen is, is cat. plural for cat. Is cat. So, I couldn't find what like the whole name actually meant in german but i'm hoping it's related to cats i hope it means like dieter the fifth of all the cats (laughs) i am the machine and i fuck cats (laughs) (laughs) so berg rheinfels was the largest fortress in the middle rhine valley during the french revolutionary war just gonna throw this out there because you know the french are always dicks in american eyes for some reason after reading this yeah they're they're dicks what i'm part french yeah so am i I. (laughs) me too and they're assholes good cheese but assholes great cheese continue cheese snails cheese eating surrender monkeys continue (laughs) good cheese eat snails (laughs) good cheese eat snails lauren 2020 (laughs) so during the french revolutionary war in 1797 French troops purposely slighted the castle because of how large of a fortress it was, and they destroyed large portions of it, which left it to be only one-fifth of its original size. That's criminal. That's just mean. That's just hateful. To which I say, suck my German ass, we. (laughs) We. Bitches. Suck my German ass. (laughs) Jade 2020. Yes. So I have some fun facts about the castle because I was trying to keep it light, not too historical. <laughs> after my fucking torture dream. Yes. I mean, after my dream destination's a place where unspeakable horrors took place. <laughs> after torture porn over there, anything has got to be lighter than that. I mean, I'm I'll assuming it. it's, it's a castle. I'm sure torture happened. But Lauren, torture porn, Lux. I'll take it. I'll Please take no. It. I'll take it. Please don't make that your middle name. I'm gonna. It's happening. It's, a, it's, a, it's already Hi, happened. my name is torture porn. No, no. I go by Lauren. No. <laughs> so part of the former moat is actually a large cellar, and it's the largest self-supporting vaulted cellar in Europe, and it can hold up to 400 people, which I thought was pretty impressive. It's a big cellar. Yeah. And they use it now uh, for, like, concerts and theater performances and things like that, which is pretty cool. You could store mm. a lot of sauerkraut in there. Could have measured in square footage, measured in people. Well, you've heard what Rent said. <laughs> you have to measure in love. That's true. I wasn't <laughs> lying when I said this podcast is full of horrible puns. Uh, you did mention that it could hold lots of sauerkraut. You did. One thing it did hold was a 53,000 gallon wine barrel. Love sauerkraut? No, wine. <laughs> you said it was a where? Well, you said it was a wine barrel. You never said it had wine in it. I mean, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it's got that much wine in there. 
Why, you may ask? Why not? That that was the horrible pun. Walked then, into that yeah. one. Yeah. Wide open. Fucking walked nope, into it. my pointed Wide silence. open spaces. <laughs> you walked into I it. I did. Note my very pointed silence. It's very pointed. Ow, it's, it's, a, ow, it's, it's pointy. It's not a pointed silence if you're pointed. Cha-cha-cha-cha. Ow. 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 You're so pointy today. <laughs> am, I, am I bleeding? No, but ow, though. <laughs> no, but ow. It is also home to the highest butter churn tower in Germany. And no... It's not a tower in which you churn butter. Oh, that's, oh man, well, that was that's a cool image. I just had this image in my head of just a giant, just a tower with nothing but just a big butter churn at the top, like a big bell. Oh my god. And oh you just god. churn all the butter. Churn the butter. That is for of the No. <laughs> that is so much better than what it actually was. Aww. It was just a tower. Oh man. <laughs> in the shape of a butter churn. Which, how German is that, honestly? That's very German. It's extremely the German. only way that could be german ear is if it was in the shape of a sausage. This yeah. is also true. Or yes. a Bierstein. Yeah. Yeah, Bierstein. <laughs> and yeah. wearing a uh, Lederhosen. And Lederhosen, yeah. In which, peacetime... Oh, go ahead. Which means leather pants. <laughs> it does. It <laughs> yes. does mean leather pants. So in peacetime, between 300 and 600 people lived in the castle complex... But during a siege, that number could easily climb to 4,500. That's how big this castle was. Which, I mean, 4,500 doesn't seem like a lot, but... It's probably like the whole town, the whole village, plus outlying Yeah, like considering the time, that's like pretty much everybody that lived in That was everyone in the known world at that time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, like I said, we're not here to discuss geography or architecture as much fun as that would be for me. I'm a nerd. I'm going to go to this town and just gift them some tape measures. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, stop measuring everything in Bratwurst. <laughs> I mean, I mean I continue because Bratwurst is delicious. Bratwurst is delicious. Do we get to eat it afterwards? Yeah. Sure. He was laying on the ground to measure the room. I'm still... To? Five second roll. Yeah. <laughs> you have to lay it down This is really, why really coronavirus is a problem. <laughs> okay, five Bratwurst and eat it. <laughs> it's because people aren't doing this that coronavirus <laughs> is a problem. <laughs> oh, no. We are here to get into the spooky, so in the case of Rhinesfeld's Castle, it revolves around the notorious underground prison, speaking of torture and things, uh-huh. and the prison. tunnel system. There's no reports that I could find of torture, but it's it's a prison. I'm sure that there was. Right. It's also German. So It was kind of like going to a hockey game and like a fight broke out. It just happens. Yeah. yeah. It, you expect it. I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. I love that line. <laughs> always loved that line. <laughs> So there have been numerous reports of disembodied voices uh, within the castle when people have visited, um, specifically in those tunnels. And some travelers have even captured orbs in their photos. Mm -hmm. Orbs are good. Yeah. Chris, Paul, and Kay of Ghost Chasers actually went and explored the tunnels for their show. And during their investigation, Chris and Paul appeared to hear a female voice. And when Paul went inside, it's like, it's a crawl space, but you, it's a, they call it a mid-high crawl space. You go up these tiny steps that get smaller and smaller until it leads to, like, nowhere. Fuck that. I mean, it's it's like a claustrophobic's worst nightmare. Basically. um, And as he was going up 
the light of his camera, like, it was perfectly fine when he was down on the ground, uh-huh. and then as he was going up the steps, it just started shaking and going in and out. So much so that, um, Chris thought that Paul was taking pictures, mm-hmm. like, within the crawl space, mm-hmm. because of how the light was reacting. He's like, no, it was just crawling up in I'm there just to crawling. see. Because he was going towards the sound of the voice. He's yeah. like, I'm just trying to see if there was space. someone in I'm here. crawling. <laughs> which is funny, because Chris... Chris's last name is Howley, which rhymes with Growly. Growly. Crawling. Crawling. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm tired. My jokes are lame. I mean, (laughs) that's the excuse I'll always go with. You must be tired all the time. But a boom. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes. (laughs) Why, yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. So that happened, and then later on during the nighttime investigation, they found that there was, like, an extra tunnel system below them, Mm. and Paul, for some reason, volunteered to go down there, and they were able to keep communication for a couple minutes, but then just as suddenly, their radios went dead, and they could not get a hold of him. So Chris went down there to try to find him because they kept calling for him, couldn't get a response. Mm-hmm. And when they finally got a hold of him, he was like, yeah, um, you could get lost down here very easily and never be found. That's not comforting Yeesh. at Yikes. all. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's, you can easily get turned around down here. So um, they suspended that part of their investigation. They're like, never mind, we're going to go upstairs. <laughs> because can't really see and you're gonna get lost so we're not doing that (laughs) never mind no one will find us ever i base where i'm going to go and where i'm not going to go on how many spiders i think i'm gonna find there i feel like there's a fuck ton of spiders. i'm glad you brought that up okay perfect Uh because they actually mentioned in the article when i was going through their um discussion of their trip that chris was so focused on finding paul that he did not realize that he passed a bunch of cave spiders. No, oh my god, I couldn't cringe any harder <laughs> if I tried. She's almost a little ball, you guys. She's like cringed uh, so hard, she's just like in a little ball of I'm herself. I'm afraid to untense because it's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah, I had to scroll past those pictures Ow. quickly because they were huge. Oh, stop I like, it! Oh. <laughs> I was like, why did you get that? Spiders are to Lauren what clowns are to them. Yes. <laughs> no. To I'm be fair, I also don't like spiders, so you're fine. <laughs> they're they're creepy. Getting you a box of spiders for your birthday. Get me a box of spiders for my birthday. I'm getting you a box of clowns for your birthday. Mine's easier to package. <laughs> they're clowns. They're clowns. great at fitting in small spaces together. I was just about to say that. You can mm. smash them all into small spaces together. I mean, I guess. But... I'm just going to get you a single clown nose. <sighs> no. It then hums. I'm going to go, where? where is it? Where's the fucker this belongs to? <laughs> all you hear is a fucking... Oh, I didn't you. care for that at all. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> this is going to be a little dark. Not that, you know, our podcast isn't ever I mean, dark. Say, um, we never get dark. No. When we were talking about giving her a clown nose, my mind, because we're in Germany, went to Nazis. And, like, when people were uh, tracking them down and killing them, they'd take a body part. So usually, like, ears. So, <laughs> so please don't send me a Nazi clown nose, I think is what she's saying. <laughs> I wasn't meaning Nazi clown nose, but all I imagined was you being like, Cutting off the, the clown nose. nose and be like, here you go. Now all I'm picturing is her sending in a box just a red clown nose with a swastika on it. <laughs> and I want no part of any of this I anymore. I don't want any part of that either. I better not get a box of spiders. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. 
and I better get them cha-cha heels I asked for for Christmas. <laughs> Mama said she'd get them. Mama said she'd get me them cha-cha heels. <laughs> so Kay had been kind of on his own investigation while they were doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And during his investigation, he felt like he kept hearing that female voice and kept hearing like her whispering his name repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And then when he and Chris kind of met up and Kay was telling him about this stuff, they believed that they saw a shadow figure roaming the tunnels. But when they chased after it, there was nothing there. Hmm. Probably because they were chasing it. And they just walked into a wall and was like, I'm gone. Shadow figures don't like being chased. They don't, generally. (laughs) They uh, also ended up, they found that it's possibly could be a woman named... uh, an awful name for a woman. Seafried. Uh, okay. Not Siegfried. Seafried. 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 Yeah. It's kind of a sad name for a woman. But. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Norse mythology. Yeah. Like yeah, Sif. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but they believe that it, maybe she could have been the voice that was calling after him and that she was maybe kind of like infatuated with him. Mm. So they did a little service for her to try to ease her so she can move on uh, which I thought was pretty cool but... oh I ship it <laughs> maybe maybe she thought he had a spear and magic helmet spear and magic helmet magic helmet spear and magic helmet magic helmet <laughs> I think she's referring to a dick but I'm not sure no, no. not oh. this time <laughs> that's no. what twice. I write. What's twice? <laughs> that she has gone to dick for our jokes. <laughs> well, I mean, dick jokes are always funny. They're always funny. I don't... There is no glory in we this were talking about being... in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about being infatuated, and she said magic helmet. I spirit magic helmet. <laughs> so I thought... <laughs> oh, I didn't even count that. Wow, lots of dick jokes this episode. Prison penit... Never mind. Penal system. I, just... <laughs> I don't need to explain <laughs> myself. <laughs> Peen. Peen. So. <laughs> I did say peen last episode. You actually. did. <laughs> I did. I love that last episodes will tie into like future episodes and we don't even plan it. Oh no. <laughs> but, um, so even during the daytime when they're just walking around the tunnels, it was super creepy. So I would love to go. And honestly, all things considered, $170 a night for the hotel fee That's is not, not that bad, considering you're staying in the literal castle. Mm. How much do I have to pay for hospital visits when a fucking spider bites me? I mean, <laughs> they didn't cover that in the in the fine print. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Germany covered. has universal healthcare. Yeah. They do. For but residents. I, yeah, I don't know if that applies to visitors. visitors. Maybe it would. I don't know. It's something to look into. I was bitten by a spider in your country. You're going to treat me, please. <laughs> it was <laughs> or a I am going spider. to die. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, lose, I guess I'm losing quite a lot of blood, Mr. Hotel Man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could treat you. Oh I'm feeling dizzy. Gosh, if you're going to be a big baby about it. Heal me or I'll start reading Dickens. <laughs> if you're going to be a baby about this, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> I need to propagate my species. I have laid a thousand of my eggs in his esophagus and just being kind of a baby, baby about, about it. it. <laughs> so, uh, when we go into Germany? Right? As soon as we can afford to go to these other places. <laughs> we can't we can't even leave our houses. We can't leave our houses right now. <laughs> We're stuck. We can that's literally fair. just travel between houses and that's it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Again. Porcho Vallarta is looking pretty good. <laughs> 
I'm more looking forward to Couchella this year. Uh, yeah. oh Couchella's God, Couchella. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So up next, we're going to make a hop, skip, and a jump across the canal um, to Ireland. Ireland. To Ireland. Ireland. So we depart the shores of mainland Europe to travel to my dream paranormal destination, Spooky Fam. So be sure to have your tray tables in the upright and locked position all because my dream destination takes us to the foggy mystical shores of the Emerald Isle, Ireland, and the majestic, troubled, and terribly haunted Lep Castle. So another castle. So we have two castles in this one. Probably. Are you going to get a leap pass? Oh my god, Maybe. <laughs> See, I was going to be all like, this is probably like the most beautiful place on all of our lists here. And then you had to say, you're going to get a leap pass. Well, <laughs> it was more of a joke because they're, um, when you're a visitor in Ireland, you get a leap card. Yeah. And that's how you travel around. It was a, it was a lame joke. <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> so there's a bit of debate on the origins and construction of the castle itself. Some claim that it was built in the 12th century, while others claim it was closer to the 15th. Regardless of the time period, Lep Castle was constructed on grounds that had been previously used by druids for initiation ceremonies. And we know all about them wacky druids. So think Indian burial grounds, but with less dead people and a lot more robes and standing stones. Me. Yes. I relate. And I'm picturing it. Yes. Yes. And I'm there. (laughs) And I am there. Lep Castle, originally named Lim Uibanan, which in Gaelic means Leap of the O'Bannons, this hints to the origin of the castle itself and the calamitous tragic circumstances that surround it. The O'Bannon clan that constructed the castle were an affluent clan in County Tipperary. As the legend goes, two of the O'Bannon brothers were contesting for leadership of the clan. In order to determine the winner and the ultimate ruler of the family, the siblings challenged each other to leap from a rock where the castle was to be built. Oh my god, can we, can we like, to this day, settle disputes like this? I feel like this is how Irish people normally settle disputes. I mean, it, it's probably. Is that why this is so wonderful to me? Because yes. I'm Irish. Me too. Me too. Hey. <laughs> the one who survived the jump would not only govern the clan, but also be responsible for construction of the castle stronghold. So, tomato, tomato, I guess. Tomato splat. <laughs> I was gonna say... The one who survived. Yeah. Damn. That's hardcore. <laughs> Which I have to say, not a surprising challenge coming from Irish folk. If no. any of you've been to a pub on St. Patrick's Day, you can attest to some equally ridiculous fucking stunts. Drink a 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 drink I can't even do that. I'm horrible. <laughs> Took a class in everything on like dialects, and Irish was one of the ones that we covered. Yeah, it's a tricky one. It was it's really, very really hard. good. Like I was really good at it by the end of the class, and as soon as the break happened, I forgot everything. When I try to do it, it just goes and veers into Australian, and I don't know why, but it just does. Like the Cockney. <laughs> yeah, it like goes into like just Australian territory. It sounds it sounds like throwing a shrimp on the Barbie at some point. I'm just like I don't know what happened here. I took a detour somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I to don't me. know what happened. I, I feel I you though, Lauren, because when I was in Ireland, because I was there for 10 days and hearing it and so in it, I could think in it and I could actually do it. And I am horrible at accents. Everyone can attest to that. I could actually do it. And then the moment I landed in You're New like, Jersey, and it's it all went away. And it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I heard somebody speaking in an American accent and it went right and out the brain. Gone. Those are two very different accents to go from... Uh... Irish to Jersey. Jersey. To Joy- to Joycey. <laughs> Joycey. Oh, Joycey, Joycey I can do. 
Joy's easy, easy. Bro. It's worth Jim Tan Laundry, bro. <laughs> Do respect you, bro. <laughs> I thought you were Bay. Turns out you're just fam. Bruh. <laughs> so the O'Bannon rule over the castle was not fated to be long, unfortunately. They themselves had sworn fealty to the O'Carroll clan, who had a reputation for being ruthless and fueled by greed and ambition for power, as are most people in power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fueled by ambition for more of it. I have some and I want more. And I want all the I want all of it now. <laughs> I've had a piece of the ass and now I, I want wanted all, all of, of it. <laughs> <laughs> Now I want more. (laughs) With the seizing of the castle by the O'Carroll clan, a gruesome legacy of carnage began that many say left a supernatural mark on the castle itself to this day. According to legends, many massacres occurred within the walls of the formidable Lep castle at the hands of its new proprietors. When the chief of the clan died and appointed no successor, a dispute arose among his sons and potential heirs, Thaddeus and Teague. Thaddeus was a priest and was slaughtered mid-mass by his brother in the area of the castle now known as the Bloody Chapel. Pretty sure that means he goes directly to heaven. Straight up stabbed (laughs) on the altar. God. In the middle of mass. I'm pretty sure there's something about, like, if you're killed while praying, like, you get a clean slate. You immediately go to go directly. I mean, I guess, but Jesus Christ, dude. Can you imagine if he was praying for, like, the stupidest thing, like, Oh Lord, please let me get like some more alcohol tomorrow, and then <laughs> and then dies in all that. Just well, no, that's what the, you get. But here's the thing: it was in mid mass, which means there were people there. Yeah, like, he I wasn't see. just in the chapel praying by himself. Yeah. There I were like... a whole bunch of parishioners going. This is a weird service. <laughs> is that supposed to is happen? Is this supposed to happen? Is this I, part of it? Is this check your hymnal? I don't know. They thought it was like a recreation of Cain and Abel. And yeah, like, like oh wait. I mean, like, I'll slap my brother just for fucking looking at me, but I'm not going to stab him to death in front of a bunch of people. Oh, this isn't a passion play. I thought that's what this was. (laughs) I think we should leave. Quietly, quietly, quickly, quickly, but quietly. But I was like, right on on the altar, like, dude, guy knew what he was going after, I guess. So there's a spirit that is seen in the bloody chapel that is often felt or seen in priestly garments as well as in the stairway below the chapel itself. So supposedly he still kind of hangs out wait, 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 wait. at the there's, scene of his murder. There's a stairway that leads to the chapel? It's a stairway to heaven, you might say. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that, and I headed you off at the motherfucking pass. <laughs> oh, he's, he's just hanging out, judging y'all for not going to church. Just going. I just, can see your ankles. Just tisking. <laughs> just 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 pacing and tisking at everyone. Just... <laughs> Shame. You should be Shame. awfully ashamed of Shame. <laughs> so the O'Carrolls seem to unabashedly use murder as a means to get ahead, as in their famous slaying of the McMahon family. The McMahons had been employed by the O'Carrolls to battle one of the O'Carrolls' rival clans, and they were successful. However, perhaps in the most shady double cross since Brutus and Julius Caesar or Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the O'Carrolls decided that rather than paying the McMahons, who had actually done the work that they had been asked to do, they would simply poison all of them at a large feast thrown at the castle in their honor. The ghosts of the betrayed family have been spotted numerous times on the castle grounds by visitors. Not I mean, good. I guess that's a way out of get out and out of paying your bills, but Jesus. Another thing that we talked about on the last episode. Yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> if they're dead, I don't owe them money. <laughs> 
Modern problems require modern, modern solutions. solutions. <laughs> Apparently, modern problems or even old-timey problems require poison solutions. <laughs> I mean... And I just want to make it known, I am trying really hard to not make a wrestling reference. She's trying. She may fail by the end of this episode. It's fine. We'll see. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. She's clenching. Are you fine? I can hear her clenching. I'm fine. <laughs> her culo is puckered and everything. <laughs> Ooh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> One of the more famed and notorious spirits that roams the castle is only known as the Red Lady, her actual name lost to the pages of time. She is often seen in flowing red gowns and holding a sharp dagger. Legend has it that she was imprisoned by the O'Carrolls for reasons unknown and was repeatedly raped. She subsequently gave birth to a child, which her captors quickly killed on the reasoning that they could not afford to feed it. <laughs> God Damn it. These were not nice people. No. Distraught like, over the loss of her child, the lady ended her life with the very blade that her phantom still bears. You know, it's interesting. The She's called the Red Lady. The ghost in Tonopah. The Lady in Red. The Lady in Red. And there were a lot of Irish people in the cemetery. A lot. Wow. Also, I, mean, I, I love her aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm she kind just, of here she for stalks it. the halls in red gowns holding a knife. I mean, like, goals. I, I was am, more. Go ahead. I was just going to make the joke that I am living for it. Oh, wait, sorry. Oh, wait. That's, that's important. <laughs> that's, that's insensitive. That's important. What were you going to say? I was just looking at the fact that, you know, name was lost to the pages of time. It's a terrible fucking bookkeeping back then because we got cave paintings that can tell us full on stories. Right, and his name was Ugba. <laughs> when your cave painting only gets seven Oogaboogas. <laughs> Confused Oogabunga. Like I just, well, there's so many ghost stories where it's like, and the name was never known again. Like why? That's a lot of these things. Write it like, down. It just wasn't Fuck. written down, I guess, or like I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's it, why everyone takes so many damn photos now. They're worried about forgetting things. Forgetting, don't forget my name. Like, can you imagine, like, there's, like, probably so many other stories. These are just the ones that are known. So there's probably a lot of other shit that happened in here that was not documented. Yeah. Right. So you can imagine, like, the the crazy amount of just supernatural activity that is in this place. Just with such, all this, all this shit happening. Right. Because this how- is just the stuff people felt the need to write. Right. And that was, like, the same with mine, where it's, like, all kinds of torture happened. All oh, yeah, sorts but it, of unfortunate not every single incident was documented, so you right. can imagine just, like, how much there was. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, like, anything with that much, like, tragedy, that has to have something. Oh, it certainly does. <laughs> so the O'Carrolls were so murder-happy that they even installed an oubliette in the castle, or what everyone else besides the French called a fucking murder hole. <laughs> it's a place you put someone where you want to forget about them. Ah, David Bowie, thank you for teaching me. It is a place of, it literally means a place of forgetting. Yep. It was a hole in the floor of the castle behind a wall in the chapel where an eight foot drop onto spikes below would make quick bloody work of any intended victims. Fuck. Yep. And if the initial fall didn't kill them, which honestly, you kind of hope it did. Right. Any survivors would waste away in the dark, slowly starving to death or dying from wounds, whichever got them first. There's a, a Mortal Kombat game that I played when I was a kid. And the continue screen is literally your character just falling through a pit. And if you fail to hit continue, you land on spikes. Yeah, you land on the spikes. It's an oubliette. And that just kind of stuck with me as a kid. It never disturbed me. It never upset me, but it stuck in my brain. I was like, that was cool. I want to do it again. I know. And then I would play the one after they changed the blood color because everyone had a 
big piss fit. It was like gray or something. They shit. made it gray, which was way more disturbing because then it just looked like I was literally knocking oatmeal out of people. Oh, I was thinking it looked like spinal fluid almost. Like I was like, this is supposed to be less disturbing than punching blood out of people's faces. It literally looks like I'm knocking oatmeal out of them. Going this is not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. No. The oatmeal man reads my thoughts. <laughs> I hate that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck the Quaker oat man. The oubliette was not discovered until the 1900s. The O'Carrolls were such fans of their murder hole that it would take three cartloads to remove all of the skeletons that had amassed in the pit. A pocket watch dating back from the 1840s was also found in the remains unearthed from the oubliette, which begged the question, was this finding the result of a tragic accident, or had the pit been in use even up through as recently as the 1800s? There's no glory in this hole either. There's no glory in this murder (laughs) hole. No. (laughs) What are they pouring down the murder hole? Is it hot oil? (laughs) Yep, it's hot oil. Ow. Ow. (laughs) Castles also had those called literally called murder holes that they would pour the hot oil down the sides in case of siege. I love that. that they Is had... it hot oil? Oh, 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 oh it's hot right. oil. It's hot oil. Who had hot oil? Raise your hands. <laughs> Who had hot oil in the pool? You win. You win. My skin is melting off. <laughs> but as yeah, they would have these tracks underneath the castle that a lot of times like in the sewers that uh, enemy armies would try to use to breach into the castle. So they had holes that they would just pour the hot oil down into to try to Prevent them from doing that. And it was not nice. It ain't cute. It was, it was brutal. I'd raise my hand if I still had it to raise. <laughs> but the skin melted off. So the bloody history wasn't quite done yet. In the 1600s, the castle switched ownership again. But as was par for the course, it was not a peaceful transition. The daughter of the reigning O'Carroll chieftain had fallen in love with one of the prisoners in the castle dungeon, an English captain named Darby. She would sneak food down to him, and one night they planned to escape and elope. She snuck down to the dungeon to free him, but their secret jailbreak was short-lived as they encountered her brother on the stairs. The two men draw swords and fought a duel in which the O'Carroll son and heir was killed. The daughter then inherited the castle and married her jailbird lover. Which sounds like a happy meet-cute, right? Sounds like the problem was solved. Uh, it wasn't. Oh. (laughs) But it wasn't all roses and sunshine. Do tell. It was not. (laughs) Captain Darby was known as the Wild Captain, a temperamental and fickle man who had amassed treasures which he had won in battle and then buried them in scattered places around the castle grounds. He was later imprisoned in Dublin for treason, but was allowed to return later to Lep Castle under a form of house arrest. Years of imprisonment drove the captain mad and left him unable to recall where he'd buried his many treasures. Maybe if you put him in one place, genius, you actually would have remembered. No, I feel this. It's quarantine. I can't remember where I put my pants, you know. He's not wearing them now. (laughs) It's really upsetting. (laughs) You should have put them all in one place instead of doing this fucked up Easter egg hunt. The fortune still remains hidden and buried on the grounds, and many say the spirit of the wild captain still wanders and is seen occasionally searching for his long lost bounty. The quicker picker upper. Our bounty. <laughs> he wasn't a pirate, but it sounds like he was. <laughs> no, because then it would have been booty instead of bounty. Yar, yar. <laughs> yar. <laughs> you right, you right. <laughs> One of the wild captain's ancestors, Mildred Darby, was a gothic novelist and sounded exactly like who I want to hang out with. (laughs) She would conduct regular seances within the castle walls. Oh, yes. It was supposedly these rituals and spiritual stirrings that would awaken an incredibly dark elemental presence. 
Perhaps a relic left behind by protective druids who wished to preserve their ceremonial grounds, or even an O'Carroll ancestor who was said to have perished painfully of leprosy. <laughs> I had to. She had to do I it. Had y'all. To. What about what about lice? <laughs> Nobody dies from lice. <laughs> Just leprosy. Just leprosy. I can't do it. <laughs> so she does it and it makes me laugh every fucking time. So they may have perished painfully of leprosy. <laughs> but the origin of the being Please. is wholly unknown, Wheeze. <laughs> the best account comes from Mildred Darby herself, who claimed to have seen the dark being up close and described it as being thin, small, and gaunt, with rotting features and exuding the potent stench of decaying flesh. Aw, oh, shit. It's me in high school. <laughs> Ah, shit. Voted most likely to rot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes. I mean, hmm. The most recent proprietors of the castle who took it over in 1991 have never encountered the elemental themselves. Perhaps it was attached solely to Mildred due to her spiritual experimentation or simply found rest in the years that have passed since then. Also, I've kind of read that nobody's really tried to invoke it and it only kind of shows up when provoked. Oh, yeah, because something that smells like rotting corpse is not good for the resale value. It's really not. You don't want it showing up. What you're saying is we can't go because you're known to provoke shit. I am. (laughs) Why don't you come out, elemental spirit? I don't believe in you. I don't even believe you exist. I bet you're too scared to come out. I bet you're too scared to come fight me, you stinky bastard. (laughs) Come and get me. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm just, like, slowly backing up, like, Come on, demons, drag me home. Let's go. I'm like, please don't drag me home, demons. Please don't drag me home. I'm cracking open the soda in the corner. (laughs) The Darbys would abandon the castle in 1922 in the midst of Ireland's fight for independence from England. The Darbys, being a British family, likely no longer felt safe at the castle, and it was a prime target for revolt. The castle was bombed and looted by the IRA after the departure of the Darbys and did sit vacant until the 1970s when it was purchased by Australian historian and O'Bannon descendant Peter Bartlett. Bartlett began renovating the castle for the next 15 years and experienced a good deal of poltergeist and supernatural activity all throughout his tenure there. He passed away in 1989, and in 1991, musician Sean Ryan and his wife Anne purchased the castle and resumed the restoration efforts. Such Irish names. Very Very much so. Same name. (laughs) The Ryans have been plagued with freak accidents since acquiring the castle. A broken kneecap and a subsequent broken ankle slowed down the renovation efforts, but did not keep the Ryans from conducting their newborn's christening in the Bloody Chapel, which was a joyous and celebratory event compared to the decades of bloodshed and turmoil that had previously occurred occurred there also how fucking badass that is that, is badass like, that's where i was christened the bloody chapel <laughs> the bloody chapel fight get me. at me try and fight me get at me elemental <laughs> bitch bitch ho <Ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho
We're going where? <laughs> Wait, what? In the what? In the where? <laughs> We're going to a castle? Great. The what, the what chapel? In the what? Excuse <laughs> me? Huh? The, the, the fluffy chapel? <laughs> Bitch. The funny chapel? <laughs> no, no, you said bloody. Oh, okay. 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 I, that's what I thought <laughs> but it's I heard. Not like the UK in bloody. It's not like the bloody chapel. It's not it's the bloody chapel. The bloody chapel. It's the literal bloody chapel. Yeah, where a priest was murdered. <laughs> I would just want to book a trip over to Scotland next and check out I thought, Yeah, that's where I would go. I'd just be like, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to not. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going with Quincy to Scotland. I'll just meet up. Uh, no, I'll go to the wedding. I'm just talking about afterwards. I'll, just, I'll meet up with I'll you guys after. Or before. I'll meet you guys there. Be fine. Put on a kilt. There you go. There you go. You got, oh, you'd be styling. You can't wear nothing underneath. Who says I am? Yeah. <laughs> Touche, salesman. All right. So next up, we've got... The sacrifice. Uh, <laughs> he he gets to participate just this once. Well, we've traveled all these places, but we got to bring it back to the U.S. because we have to land and come home. That's I mean, true. I mean, don't. we started in the U.S. We went to a U.S. location and then overseas, overseas. Might as well hit one more spot when we come home. Makes sense. So, I'm going to be talking about the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh. Uh, set out in sunny California. Sunny. I'm out. <laughs> Sunshine. You, you ew. And I'm done. I'm staying yeah. in Ireland with the ghost in the chapel and the leprosy. <laughs> the leprosy. There's a lot of rumors about why and what happens there. So I tried to go with the things that showed up most commonly. Right. There um, are a lot yeah. of differing accounts. People really like to run with this one. There's even a new horror movie that the house, like whoever owns the house and runs the museum and tours and all that, they like, they worked with it to do the uh movie but the movie really paints a different picture than the uh story that you know the movie's a lot of hollywood less factual yeah. hollywood so i'm gonna start with uh, the the namesake of the house so uh william Wirt winchester he was the only son of oliver winchester owner of the winchester repeating arms company the company would go on to be known for making the winchester repeater rifle the gun that would win the west or won the west William married Sarah Lockwood Party in 1862. Oh, last name Party. Uh, P-A-R-D-E-E. Party. Party. Like the uh, party. home Dude, that's people. fierce. Like party. 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 It's interesting. Party. It's pronounced Party. Like <laughs> crepe. Crepe. In 1866, their child Annie Party was born. Sadly, Annie died roughly five weeks later from Erasmus. And they decided that they didn't want to go through that heartache again and would not have another child. Aww. I kind of don't blame them there. That's rough. Yeah. Like once bitten, twice shy. Now jump ahead to 1880. Oliver Winchester would die leaving the company to William, uh, who was actually very sick at the, time, uh, at the time with tuberculosis and would only die three months after his father. Aww. He had the consumption. Mm-hmm. The turbies. <laughs> He left his fortune of $20 million, which is equivalent to $50 million today, to his wife, along with 50% of the stocks for the company. Uh, it's said that Sarah didn't care about owning the company or anything like that, and was actually just more destroyed by losing so much of her family. Right. That's As the normal person say. would be. <laughs> but, I mean, not saying that it's not true, but right. like if somebody is going to accuse you that you were in it for the money or yeah. you know maybe even accusing her of killing him 
Um, of course, she's going to say that, you know, she's just distraught yeah, over I didn't want any part of the money, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've been together for a very long time. I don't even so, want the money. Because he you actually died in money. 1881, so it was three months after his father, but his father died towards the end of the year. And she was seeking closure, so she had actually hired a famous medium, Mr. Kuhn, to come out to her home and speak, or used to speak to uh, William. Sadly, rather than closure, this conversation came with a warning. The death of her child and father, uh, child, father-in-law, and husband had been a curse on the Winchesters for the atrocities committed against the Native Americans with their guns. She was instructed to move and build a home, but to keep it ever-changing to confuse the spirits to protect herself. She did as instructed. In 1886, she purchased a two-story farmhouse near San Jose, California. She did not live alone, though. She had hired a full crew of servants, contractors, and even moved her niece in with her. She hired enough contractors that they could rotate shifts so that they could work on the house every day without ever halting. The niece that moved in with her was uh, Mario Daisy Harriman. I want to believe that because uh, Daisy is actually a nickname, she's the influence for the Daisy Room. The Daisy Room. Oh, yeah, probably. Her niece would stay with her for the next 15 years before meeting a male suitor and going off to have her own life and be married. Oh, that probably... How dare she? I know. How dare you? <laughs> that probably <laughs> upset her pretty pretty badly, too. Like, well, I mean, at least she's not dead, but she's leaving me. Yeah. For the next 20 years, from 1886 to 1906, the, uh, she continued to construct additions to the home, having nightly seances with her husband in a, a special room that only she was allowed into. The room is said to have had 13 exits, and only uh, one of them could also be an entrance. A lot of instances of the number 13 in this. Mm -hmm. Great. And in those seances, he would tell her what projects to either continue or to abandon and move on to new ones, leaving very many things uncompleted. There are plenty of, like, just stained glass windows laying around that just never got installed. And, like, staircases that go to nowhere. Staircases that go to ceilings. Cough, cough, H.H. Holmes, cough, cough. (laughs) Doors that open up to walls. Yeah. Yeah. Over those 20 years, the home had grown to seven stories, and somewhere between 500 to 600 rooms on the home. There were three elevators, indoor plumbing, and an intercom system. It was actually the first home to have an elevator on that coast. Do you move an Italian family in there? You don't need an intercom system. No, you really don't. (laughs) One person on the seventh story, one person all the way on the first. Hey, Maria! What? Get up here! Don't you yell at me from across the house! Well, don't yell at me, Tony! What are you yelling for? I forgot! (laughs) (laughs) The house was kept on the butting edge of technology and uh, would feature various forms of that technology. They even said sometimes she came up with some of the stuff on her own. Um, For instance, there's a hall known as the Hall of Fires that is lined with fireplaces. But at the same time, the home had steam heat and forced air heating. Come 1906, though, at 5.02 a.m., the Great San Francisco Earthquake would hit. The 7.12 magnitude quake shook the home, taking down the seven-story tower, as well as leaving several other rooms destroyed. Sarah was sleeping in one of the rooms, and she didn't have a regular bedroom, constantly moving in fear that the spirits would catch her. She was sleeping in the daisy room at the time, which was named after the design of the flower in the stained glass windows. The door for the room had been uh, damaged due to the earthquake, and servants had to pry the door open to rescue her. This, however, did not stop the continuing construction. She insisted that they keep working. And after 38 years of consistent construction, Sarah passed away in her sleep in 1922. Construction oh. finally halted on the home. 
and the, the spirits finally got her. Hmm. You slept uh, in the same room twice in a row. <laughs> we were bound to find you. You stupid bitch. <laughs> you poor dumb bitch. Every time we talk about the Winchester house, though, we make the same joke, and I love it. Basically, that it's she's being told that the spirits are saying, like, you need to keep on building, you need to keep on building. And then the spirits just kind of go, hey, you'll never believe what I told this chick. Watch, she's going crazy. <laughs> Look at her build. You're dark, Raj. You're dark. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You're dark. <laughs> With Sarah passing away, the rumors could finally stop and people could finally view the inside of the home. At this point, the home, the amount of rooms in the home isn't necessarily stated. But there would be another earthquake in 89 that would give us the final number of rooms. The house now sits at 161 rooms, four floors, and 46 staircases. Not all necessarily leading anywhere. Wow. Um, the majority of the rooms are open to the public, about 106 of them, roughly. Um, most of the ones you can't go into, they say it's because it's not safe. Yeah. Some, right. There's some Structurally that were still damaged. Yeah. They're, they're still damaged and stuff like that that you can't go into. Now, if they, the home um, alone will give you an eerie feel that is amped by its crazy construction. On your tour, you will see doors that open to brick walls or second or third floor or doors that open to straight drops, as well as staircases that run straight into the ceiling. The home has plenty of secret passageways, even some that are underground. Um, the underground tunnel being the only way to access the bell tower that the home has been completely constructed around, blocking mm -hmm. all other access. So keep, uh, when keeping an eye on the construction, though, don't forget about the many accounts that there are of ghosts. There have been sightings of orbs of light, spectral hands, and even full-body apparitions. For instance, there's one called Clyde. He's seen in the basement pushing around a wheelbarrow. He's believed to be one of her original servants. Oh, my God. Did he name his barrel Bonnie? Oh, shut up. <laughs> I was totally going to go Pac-Man with that. I went, I went... Wait. <laughs> it's like, wait, a ghost named Clyde? That is some Pac-Man. That is some Pac-Man. And she had to, like, move around constantly and not get caught by the ghost. That is some Pac-Man shit. That is very Pac-Man Pac house. Yeah. Very Pac-Man house. Yeah, she Pac had Pac-Man Pac fever. fever. Shut hey. up. <laughs> not planned. <laughs> Mind meld. Ow. Oh, get out of my brain. It's dark. <laughs> While being very cool, the house itself has got some ugly color schemes. That is <laughs> a little bit. true. Good. The virtual Jesus. tour was rad. Yeah. Many of the rooms are just named after the wallpaper or things Or the like windows that. or something, mm -hmm. yeah. Windows um, to the wall. Now, Clyde's not the only <laughs> revenants. <to> my balls. <laughs> That's where I've been able to go in quarantine. From the window oh, to the wall. <laughs> That's it. That's been it. <laughs> now, Clyde is not the only revenants of past workers that has been seen there. In fact, it turns out many of her servants wrote their names under the wallpapers and stuff like that, leaving a little bit of them behind as well. Huh. Uh, many guest employees have stated that they feel light pokes or tugs on their clothing, but there is one restitutioner that stated his name was Peter. While he was working on the Hall of Fire, and so the uh, room with all the fireplaces. Yeah, and I want to come back to that after this. Okay. <laughs> he said that uh, he felt something kind of push on him a little bit and thought nothing of it until he had put and pushed to the point that his ladder was up on one leg. Decided to not finish his work for that day and moved to a different part of the house. <laughs> I guess the ghost says no. <laughs> the ghost say no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Look at this dude. Look at this dude. <laughs> up on a ladder and shit. Oh, no, no, no. no. Up on one leg. Oh, I'm going to make him fall in his head. <laughs> There are plenty of sights to see at the Winchester Mansion, from specters to just plain weirdness. 
uh, I hope to someday be able to go, especially because it's not that far from us. It's not. Nope, it's not. really not. I just He's hope I don't Vegas. get lost. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear that that was part of, like, why she stopped and started a lot of things and, like, would hallways would go into floors and, like, there just all of a sudden be a drop or, like, doors would open into nothing is because it was to, if spirits were following her, that they would get sidetracked and they would, like, go up a staircase that went nowhere and it was like to to detour them from getting to her mm-hmm. like she was playing a giant game like oh a, shit like it was giant, like it was a scooby-doo like it was a scooby-doo episode where they're like running through the house and they're just like wall into this door and then into the other door and then it makes you think though like and at least in her mind ghosts can one run into walls two fall from second stories yeah or fall and like very cartoon like and that, that they would be distracted enough yeah. it's just like Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna um, go. Like, I definitely am totally cool to go. Mostly for it was the Hall of Fire. Yeah, is that what they? Okay, no, there's cool. There's like three fire, big fireplaces in the yeah. Hall of Fire. I think it's actually more than is that, but a lot of them don't have chimneys. <laughs> I need to go just for that, so that I can do my super super villainous musical number, like right. walking up and down the halls and the fireplaces go whoosh whoosh whoosh. You have to have a cloak while you do it. Yes. I do. Oh, I so do. And we've really got to like. Make sure your hair is all curled and poofed out so it get a big fan. Yes, and it has to be freshly dyed, so it's yes. like bright, bright red. Bright, bright red. Now, despite what I had previously Please. believed, apparently back in December of 2018, <laughs> they have uh, started letting you actually take photos as long as you don't disturb the other guests. Um, so. Well, damn, that would disturb <laughs> That everybody. would disturb everyone. <laughs> walk up and down the halls just singing my villainous number. Like, she's it. still here. Just... I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> That's what she's gonna do. They're like, what? <laughs> like, excuse me? Everybody excuse me? in this house, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> That's what she's gonna do. <laughs> gonna kill him. <laughs> They'd be like, uh, you're disturbing the guests. So we need you to stop filming she now. Just starts... But can I keep singing? Can I keep no. singing? No. <laughs> can I lip sync it? <laughs> You can keep filming, but you have to stop singing. You can keep filming, but you have to stop singing, please. Please. You have to stop saying you're going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. She's going to kill them. Yes, I'm going that's to kill what them. she's going to do. That's what she's going to do. I'm going to kill them. Everyone in this house, they're all doomed. I just imagine, like, if people did die, like you in your court hearing, Your Honor, she said, quote, I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> well, I guess slap the cuffs on her. Fire! Exclamation point. Fire! Exclamation point. I guess slap the cuffs on me. I really have nothing to say to protect myself on this one. Like, yep, that's what I said, Your Honor. If I, I did, I, well, not so much said as sung it. It was more of a musical number. You had to have been there. And then they called Vivian up to the stand. They asked, she goes, that's what she that's, said. That's what <laughs> she's she gonna said. kill him. She I said. was in the chorus. <laughs> Don't let them take me. But you said you were gonna kill them. <laughs> Don't let them take me to that place. <laughs> um, I'm not going back to jail. Not going back to jail. <laughs> Coming this summer. This spooky show. The musical. The musical. The musical. Coming this summer, more time at home. Musical, <laughs> the spooksical. Spooksical. See that hit too close to home. The no s- pun intended. The like spooksical. Coming this summer, Everything more time has at home. To. <laughs> Not okay. But yeah, so the Winchester Mystery House. Um, there's also beliefs that uh, she might still be there. Well, 
no one's ever caught her on camera or anything like that. Um, I do wonder if maybe she, in all this, managed to trap herself, too, because she's going to find her way out. Maybe. Maybe oh, she maybe. got tricked by the stairs that go nowhere. Oh, damn it all. <laughs> Why did I do this? Oh, shit. Where's the front door? No, I've already seen this door before. Where's I, my husband now? I was in the... Oh, no. I was in this room earlier today. Damn it! Oh, if he left me here... I'm walking oh, in circles. So I, I walked past this. I walked past this him. table an hour ago. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Sarah, that was four weeks ago. What? What? <laughs> An interesting thing about her, if there was a fabric she went into town and saw that she wanted for one oh, of she the bought rooms, all of it. she'd buy all of it. Wow. Yeah, uh, no one else was allowed to have the same thing. I mean, and the brick selfish, isn't actually brick for the economy. Yeah, the brick isn't actually brick. I don't remember what material it is, but it's just cut to look like brick. It's yeah, just all it's like styrofoam. this weird like paper, like textured like paper, but it's like the, she bought all of it. Yeah, to- and to wallpaper the house. The plaster has horsehair mixed into it to keep it uh, insulated better. I think she was really worried about being cold despite being in California. I mean, well, ghosts are cold. Yeah, but I mean, all is those it cold there? Nay. <laughs> all those fireplaces, the horsehair, um, the uh, we did air and the steam. <laughs> we did warn you at the beginning. <laughs> they used to use animal hair in plaster and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but ho- from my understanding, horse hair was like a big one because one, it was more expensive, but two, it would really help. Yeah. Because, I mean, horses weren't normal slaughter animals, so getting horse hair was a bigger deal. I mean, glue, I guess. Glue. But... Glue, yeah. Mostly. Dark. <laughs> mostly for their hooves. <laughs> Hoovies. So, Spooky Nation, our special guests are up next, right after a word about this featured product and hopefully a future sponsor, Bones Coffee. Ta-da! Listen, we know mornings are hard, especially now. I mean, how many trips to the living room can one make in a day? But you know what makes mornings amazing? Well, besides watching a serial killer documentary with your cat and matching onesies, (laughs) attacked, (laughs) we're talking coffee. And the ghoul babes start their mornings off right with a dose of Bones Coffee, the world's freshest small batch coffee. The variety of flavors is astounding and something that will keep you wanting more, whether it's their tasty bourbon barrel-aged coffee, the salted caramel salty siren, or the special mint chocolate chip ice cream flavored Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space. You're bound to find something you'll just die for. Check them out at www.bonescoffee.com and pick up your favorite flavor or a five-bag sample pack if you can't decide. Feed 100% of your coffee breaks with Bones Coffee Company. And now, back to our show. Well, now that our dream destinations have been detailed, why not hear from some guys who really know their stuff when it comes to ghosts? We sat down with the paranormal investigator hosts of the new YouTube series Ghost Show, Jay Milton and Jeremiah O'Reilly, to find out what their dream destinations are, their most frightening experiences, and so much more. Thank you guys for joining us. Our little interview for the spooky show. Yay, we're excited. <laughs> we haven't had a Thank guest you so on. Thank for having us. Yeah, for, excited sure. About this. for sure. For sure. We're super excited. Um, we haven't had a guest on for a while, so we we figured I was like I was like, huh, this is a perfect time to have a guest. Look at that. <laughs> and of nice. course, it's always like, wait, yeah, we haven't been doing very much us. either, considering you know, right. <laughs> I'm stuck indoors, stuck inside, and can't so, leave the house. So it's like, yeah. hey, perfect time to do an interview. And it was a paranormal episode, so duh. <laughs> um, 
so I did notice, I did check the stats on your guys' video today, and it was, um, you're climbing up on about 800 views on the episode one. So congratulations. And then you guys Thank have, you so much. yeah, you guys have about 330 subscribers, it looks like so far, which is, all, which is impressive. We're really flattered and humbled by the response we've gotten so far. Um, you know, me and Jay come from, like, we do a lot of video production on our own. And, uh, but we're mostly like, uh, you know, we grew up playing in bands and like knowing the music side of things. So this is kind of like something we've always been really passionate about, but it is totally like a brand new thing. And we were not sure at all how people would perceive it or, or take it when we posted stuff. So just the feedback we've been getting has been amazing and really just, uh, going to be more than you know more happy <laughs> um has it yeah. been mostly positive feedback has it been have you guys had have those people come in yet they're like nah, this is fake this isn't real that yeah well i mean we kind of go out of our way to say that um you know we don't claim anything is beyond a shadow of a doubt paranormal uh there's a, a disclaimer in front of our videos that basically just says that this is our interpretation of what we experienced and what we you know, our conclusions based on our experiences and the data we collected. But like, by no means are we saying definitively, you know, this is paranormal and, or anything like that. And uh, I think that that was always really important to me is that, you know, nobody really knows anything about the paranormal or what it is or what it could be, or if any of this stuff could be explained, uh, you know, with a scientific explanation or something that, you know, so we just, there hasn't really been anybody that has come out and been like, this is fake. But I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, it's hard for us to come to grips with saying that, you know, we're talking to ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I've noticed that that's, that it's a really important phrasing that I don't see on a lot of paranormal shows. Um, they don't phrase it that way. They'll, you know, they'll, they don't phrase it to like the, here's what we found basically kind of draw your own conclusions. Um, sort of thing, because some of them, some of them do tend to tread that dangerous territory of like, making claims and i i agree with it that it's important that you don't that you just present the evidence and let people kind of decide that on their own i do i do think that i think it comes down to also like um like personal perceptions like how people you know perceive their own experiences and i think what's really important for us is that you know despite all the stuff that we've experienced and despite all the, the occurrences that have happened around us i still don't know if it's real like and, and there's been some really like crazy stuff that has occurred so i think at least from our perspective like if we can't say definitively whether something is paranormal then you know we should never present it that way so i think it's really important for us but you know for other shows it totally could be you know maybe they know something we don't or they've experienced something stronger than we have so far so you know it's really hard to say for sure but you know at least for our show we're definitely like you know we don't know what's going on that's kind of why we're doing this and um yeah, <laughs> yeah just <laughs> I can't speak for you, Jared, but I, I came into paranormal investigating as a total skeptic. I went to a, uh, a an, an event at a haunted location that I now volunteer at. Um, but when I went with the first time I went there, I was like, this is all fake. None of it's real. Like, we're going to go there and nothing's going to happen. And then so much happened that I was like, what did what did I just experience? <laughs> and it's always like just enough to keep me coming back, but never like so enticing that I'm like, I, you know, it's like never enough for me to be like beyond a shadow of a doubt. This is a ghost. And I'm, you know, it's never like that, unfortunately, it's, right. but it's just enough to keep me coming back. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's always just, it's always just so subtle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it, you're right. It, it, and I feel like a lot of paranormal investigators, you know, attest to this is that 
even with like intelligent responses. So if we're doing like an EVP session or something and, you know, we're like asking very open-ended questions and we're getting intelligent responses back, I, I've never even experienced it to be strong enough where I've been like mind blown. Like I'm always like, is this real? I don't know. It's, it's really, it's, it's really incredible and it's really captivating and, and compelling, but is it real? I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. I think the strongest thing for me more than anything else is like the vibes, like mm-hmm. feeling like mm-hmm. being in a haunted location or experiencing something and the feeling that goes along with it is almost like to me as compelling as like a physical piece of evidence. Like my goal is always to like, find a piece of evidence that I can present to somebody and be like, well, maybe this is something that could change your mind about the paranormal. But like, you can't ever fully describe or like show somebody what it felt like to be in that moment. And that is like, to me, the most compelling thing is like, so it felt weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's the hardest part to describe because we went on a paranormal investigation. We went ourselves to Tonopah um nevada so it's a couple hours outside of vegas um and there's a hotel up there that's that's pretty haunted um it's very old it's been there since the 20s and the room that we stayed in um, is haunted by a woman's ghost and that was the the weirdest thing is like that's the thing we couldn't convey on camera that's the thing that we couldn't convey on any kind of recording was the feel of that room like how that room felt there were times that i don't i'm sure you experienced it too as well like where i felt just like waves of emotion. I don't know if you guys have experienced that where it's like, you feel like it's not just like prickles up your back or being like touched by something. It's like waves of actual like feeling. Like there were times that I was like on the verge of tears in that room for no reason, for absolutely no reason. Yeah, That that actually kind of happened to me in our first episode. Like I almost never get that like overwhelmed like feeling. Like I'm usually pretty, you know, I can tell when something, when I feel different, but I'm not usually overwhelmed by that difference in feeling and in our first episode uh i'm like kind of freaking out like i don't <laughs> feel right right and yeah. i mean i I'm, I'm telling i'm telling jeremiah and our av text Reese and austin i was like it feels like something's being like i was disoriented i was confused i was like lightheaded that feeling is like you know when something is affecting you it's it can be intense yeah <laughs> right and it's like so, you know, there's no way to document it other than to like tell somebody else what it feels like. Right. That's, I think, too, where a lot of times people are probably like, mm, are you sure you're just not like doing this for like, and I'm like, no, like, like, like if I could transfer this feeling to you, trust me, I would. So you could feel what I'm feeling because it's not normal. It's not normal. And these guys know yeah. I'm not an overwhelmed person either. Like I am the dark hearted little demon of our group. <laughs> I don't get emotional. I don't. Yeah. Like, no, but I was like, I am, I was full on about to cry in that room a couple times. And I was like, this is, this is weird. Does anyone else feel weird in here? Well, I have friends in, in the paranormal world that they used to call me the black hole. Cause like they keep like, <laughs> experiencing all this crazy stuff and I'll walk into the room and everything will just stop. And just so like, <laughs> like, I like take the energy out of the room. Like I walk in and everyone's like, oh, bye. <laughs> well, uh, I'm really glad that that has changed. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. If the case has. is much more, thank goodness. Maybe if I, maybe if I stop investigating though, like it'll be even crazier for you. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I hope not. Maybe we should do some more solo investigations. Yeah. See what Let's happens. Try it out. See what happens. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried at all. <laughs> what were you going to say? Oh, just famous last word. Yeah. <laughs> How you were saying, like, you can only 
describe like what it feels like when we were in that hotel there were many moments where like I'd stand like in the uh, doorway of the bathroom or like over by the table where I felt like everything was moving and shaking and like have this intense like weight on my chest I'm like hey Vivian do you feel that she's like no and then later on in the night she's like whoa yeah I get what you mean yeah. This doesn't feel good. <laughs> there was a part where they immediately walked into the room and they were like, this room feels off. Like it was almost like the room, like the floor felt tilted or like felt like it was off kilter. And they go, do you feel that? And I went, no, I don't feel anything. And I, I crossed to like where they were at to go put a bag away. And I went, "Whoa, okay. Now I, now I feel it. It was like when it crossed a spot, it was like, then it was like the room just suddenly went from like level to here. And it was crazy. We actually, uh, there's this, uh, this place that we volunteer at, Rolling Hills Asylum. Uh, we've been volunteering there for, for a while. It's this huge building, but there's there's one room in the building that uh, we kind of like call the vortex room. And it's like the same thing. Like you walk in there, people have people have like gotten sick in there. Oh, like they're in there for a few minutes and they start feeling really nauseous. They feel like the room is tipping over. It's it's a weird feeling. And, and to go back, uh, you were saying how you felt like pressure on your chest. Mm-hmm. See that, that's a hard thing to describe to people. And I feel like I feel like I get that more than any any other type of feeling or vibes is when you walk in a room it just feels heavy. I get um, lightheaded. And, and and what you're describing, like that feeling of like walking into a room and instantly feeling off, like that's what we do in an investigation. Like right. especially if there hasn't, you know, if we haven't been there before or something like that. Like our first thing is to walk around and see where we feel like that vibe. Mm-hmm. And we're like looking for that vibe. And once we feel that vibe, that's when we start taking out some of our equipment and you know further an investigation but like for us we think that like the human body is like the best investigative tool because like you feeling your environment is like way more valuable like in terms of like finding stuff to then verify with other pieces of equipment i think that that's like the most important thing to do as 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 any investigator is to kind of use your body to kind of like feel out where to go, where to investigate, and then use all the gadgets and doodads to kind of validate the way you feel. Gadgets and doodads. I like that term. (laughs) We only had one gadget. I think we had, we had the spirit box and we had a a EVP recorder. So we don't, we don't have like any really equipment, but (laughs) yeah, honestly though, those are like all you need. The best, like the best evidence is always EVPs. Honestly, like those are like the most compelling things, especially when they're clear. Oh yeah, intelligent response to something. Like I mean, the the amount of times we've captured something on video is like so minimum. Like, and it's you know you can investigate anywhere with a cell phone. Like that's all you need. Yourself and a cell phone, you can investigate anywhere. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, your cell phone has a camera. It's got a voice recorder. It's got a flashlight. I've got some DCPs on my uh, my iPhone before, which is which is kind of incredible. Yeah, that's a, I mean that's like our go to thing if we're like you know investigating but not investigating and we need something real quick, we'll just go for a phone and start recording on that. And then we have our like tried and true voice recorders that we've used forever that we can tell like oh that's just a we've heard this noise a million times on this thing. It's nothing <laughs> in lieu of having that like in our hands. It's always we just reach for the cell phone. Right. The best. I mean, it, the and best it, tool. And it works too until it dies in the middle of a cemetery at night. You know what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel attacked. Although I feel like that's how all equipment is. Yeah. No, it's dying. You know, we, need, we need like self recharging batteries for this stuff. I feel like my yeah, phone just knew I was freaked out and was like, you know what? Darkness. <laughs> Darkness. You know what make you feel better? Pitch black. <laughs> 
I was fine with the cemetery. Like, I'm not creeped out by cemeteries, but it was next to the clown motel, which I am not okay with oh, that at all. No. At all. Yeah, no uh, That place is... I'm weirded out by clowns. I... I'm, okay. I um, you're, weird, you're weirded out by clowns? Yeah, not like... I don't know. They just I seem... Never, not not I in like a... I don't feel like threatened. I just feel like they know something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, does that make sense? They're just you're like they're just you're psychologically to towards something. Like, yeah, no, it's terrifying. But it's like not even like a, a horrifying thing. It's like a intelligent thing. You're like they oh, know something totally. I don't. It's totally <laughs> like a so mental funny. thing where I'm like, ah, it just creeps me out. I mean, you know what does creep me out though? Like uh, dolls too. Are not yes. a big fan of my um. My wife recently visited her parents, and her parents dug out all of her old childhood, like, dolls and stuff. Oh, my God. She was oh pictures and videos of these things, and they were, like, I don't know, like, things of nightmares. Yeah. Like, the eyes were, like, peeled off, so they were just white. Oh, my God. Gross. stuff nightmares oh. are made of. They were in, like, a basement for years. You're just like, please don't bring those home. Please, please leave those where they're at. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, she was equally as creeped out, and, and my mother-in-law was like, I think I'm going to, like, restore them back to their original glory, and we're like, those should be burned. Like, for real. Take them into a fire immediately. Right, please. <laughs> I had no idea you were so weirded out by all of this, the, the it's, dolls it's... and the clowns. I'm learning, I'm learning so much about you. <laughs> it's not like a, it's not like a, I'm also, thing. I'm, I'm also learning exactly what I need to do to get under your skin. <laughs> to terrorize. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremiah, you mentioned in the promo video that you had an experience as a teenager that made you want to pursue the paranormal. So um, could you elaborate a little on that for our listeners? Sure. Uh, so I feel like most of my my childhood, I was able to sense kind of things. And it wasn't until I was in, in probably high school where I started experiencing things that were more real. And the first thing, the first thing I'd ever experienced where I could think without, like, we're actually acknowledged that I, I heard a disembodied voice was I was uh, driving. I was, it was late at night and I was hanging out with my friend and we were driving to 7-Eleven to get snacks. <laughs> and we drove through this intersection to pull into the 7-Eleven parking lot. And we had the windows down because it was nice out. And I hear a little girl say, hey, like right outside the window. And it was probably like midnight. I don't know. It was like late. So like I, I like hit my brakes because I'm like, am I going to run somebody over? Like, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> And um, I look over at my friend. And mind you, there's, there's nobody. There's nobody around. I look over at my friend, and his face is white as a ghost. And I'm like, and I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, you heard that too, right? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, is there, like, did I hit, did I hit somebody? And he's like, dude, somebody uh, died in this intersection last year. A little girl got hit by an ambulance and died. And we looked it up, and I think it was, like, the same day. It was, like, a year to the day or something like that. Whoa. And I was like, oh. So that was, I think I must have been like 16 or 17 at the time. And then it was probably the same summer. I was working at, um, it was like a high school job. I was working at this deli and I was closing up at the end of the night and it was probably like 8, 8.30 or 9 at night and I was counting the money out of the drawer. So I had my head down and I hear the door open and I hear somebody walk up in front of the counter. And as I look up, I say, I'll be right with you. And there was nobody in the store. And that happened another two times. So I feel like after that, it got... I got like way more interested in it. And, you know, I was, I was a big fan of all those shows. You know, I grew up watching ghost hunters and, um, ghost adventures and all those. And yeah, I just, uh, I've been kind of super into it. And then, uh, I started uh, playing music with Jay, like probably four or five years ago. And, uh, then we just, I slowly got roped into his paranormal world because he was volunteering at <laughs> Rolling Hills Asylum. And 
I have been completely hooked ever since. Um, yeah. And we've had, I've had way more crazy experiences since then. Do you ever just look at Jay and go, you did this to me? You did this to me. <laughs> it's just your fault. It's really I'm more, I'm more than just the paranormal stuff. You probably are like, what, what have you gotten me into? <laughs> oh, for sure. Most of it's good. Some of it's a little weird. <laughs> uh, so Jay, have, I know you said you came into it as a skeptic. Uh, did you have any, like, unexplainable or paranormal experiences prior to becoming an investigator? Yeah, I mean, I was always one of those people that would experience things and be like, it wasn't that, it was something else. Like, doing the whole convincing myself otherwise, uh, because, I mean, as a child, I think I was horrified by, like, like I didn't even like scary movies as a kid. I, like, I didn't. Still don't. I was horrified of, like, ghosts yeah. and all that stuff. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, I I think everywhere I've lived, I've kind of experienced some aspect of paranormal uh, activity. Uh, I used to sleepwalk a lot as a kid, and um, because of that, sometimes I would, like, be awake and asleep at the same time and kind of hallucinate things that weren't there, I think, uh, as a kid. That's terrifying. Um, like, I would wake up and see someone in the corner of my room and, like, get up out of bed and turn on the light and there would be nobody there and I've, I've convinced myself that I was like asleep but awake and kind of not like fully conscious uh like so that was happening to me as a kid um everywhere I believe it as an adult I kind of would have weird paranormal stuff happening uh even the dorm room I was in in college like the light in my room would like turn on all the time by itself and only when I was like too tired to want to deal with it like <laughs> ever, like you know if I was sick or like tired it would like that's when it would turn on and I get up and turn it off and go back to bed and it would turn back out again and I think you know just like little stuff like that and um probably the most compelling thing that happened it was in an apartment me and my wife lived in we were both about to get in bed and we had lied down and just like this ball of light came out of one wall and like went over us and flew into the wall behind us and we both looked at each other and we're like did you just see that and we were like yeah what the fuck was that (laughs) and uh yeah like that one to me i'm still like i don't i have no idea i i guess like the most explainable thing is like ball lightning is the closest thing to like a scientific explanation for what i saw but two of us saw a ball of light floating in our room above us going into the wall and coming out of a different wall um (laughs) And, and like, story. yeah, it was that, that was to me that, that that's like the most compelling and that whole block <laughs> that we lived on, uh, in like the 1800s used to be an orphan asylum. And then that obviously got torn down and the houses that are currently there were built after that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know the person who lived in that apartment before us too, said that weird stuff would happen to them all the time in there. And, uh, yeah. So just like every apartment I've ever lived in, I feel like weird stuff has happened until, we moved into the house that we are in now, which was actually my grandparents' house, and nothing, nothing has happened here. <laughs> um, Your grandparents and, uh, are like, no, we're good. We're good. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. I also grew up watching Ghost Hunters and, and stuff like that and loved the idea of it, but was still always, you know, I, I grew up uh, wanting to work in television and uh, went to school for television production, and I'm very deeply into how stuff is made. So I'm like, oh, you know, it's probably just fake. Um, <laughs> and then so when we when I went to that event and was expecting it to be nothing and 
you know, I, I think like the most compelling thing was what it was the first time I ever saw like the flashlight thing happen where you turn a flashlight off and you ask for someone to turn the flashlight on and it turns off. Like we were like communicating like direct responses with the flashlight, like within 15 minutes of being in that building. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and uh, I left, I left saying, I feel like this is going to be a part of my life in some way. And I just kept coming back to try to experience what I experienced again. And every time I went back, something weirder and different and more compelling happened. And then eventually I was there so much that I started volunteering at Rolling Hills Asylum. And uh, I've been, you know, investigating there and other places. And there's a part of me that's still like, none of this is real. And like, I am like slowly convincing myself that that part of me is wrong, but I'm still always coming from that place where I'm like, ah, it could have been this. It could have been that. But it's like, I mean, I've like heard, I haven't seen a lot. I have heard insane things that I still am like, I have no idea what that could be. Like I've heard so many things that are odd and unexplainable, but I still, I just want to see a full-bodied apparition with my own eyes right in front of my face that I can be like, well, that's a ghost and there's no way I can. But I think think it's hard to, I I feel like it's hard to discern those types of things. And I feel like if I saw a full-bodied apparition, I would just think it was a person. I probably wouldn't think very much of it until after it happened. And then by that point, I would be like, but did I really see anything at all? Uh, so um, hold on, I should add a preface to this. I just want to see a full-bodied apparition with my own eyes right in front of my face and have a camera in my hand so that I can go back and watch it again. <laughs> go back and watch it. <laughs> Please. Right. Which, is, which is why we videotape everything. Yes. Which is why. Yes. yes. That's exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to hear a really creepy story? Sure. Yes. We love creepy stories. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> so it was the end of the night, and it was in this place we were volunteering. So, like, a, a larger percentage of our experiences happen in this building because we're there more than we do, like, in other places we investigate. So, we were walk- I was walking past this uh, this empty room on the second floor, and I just jumped. Like, it, I, don't, I don't know what came over me. I don't know if subconsciously I saw something, felt something, heard something. I just involuntarily jumped, terrified. So, naturally, I'm like, we should go into this room. <laughs> so, uh, it was myself, Jay, and our friend Drew. Jane Drew went in in front of me, and then I went to walk in the room, and I felt I felt two hands on my shirt. Mind you, just the three of us. I felt two hands in the back of my shirt pull me backward into the hallway, and it wasn't like malicious or or like aggressive. It was just like it was just like if someone grabbed your shirt and just like pulled you a little bit into the hallway. So at that point, I, I was even more startled. So like I jumped into the room, and Jay was like, "What the hell, man? Like, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "I." I was like, "No." <laughs> Um, cause you know, I've never been touched before. And, uh, so then we were, we walk in and we were sitting on this couch on the one side of the room and there's like nothing else really in the whole room. And we started doing an EDP session. And as my eyes kind of adjusted to the, the, you know, it's pitch black, but you know, I feel like every room has its own level of darkness. And so as my eyes kind of adjusted to the room, I see these little child sized shadow figures darting back and forth across the room. And, uh, Jay, Jay couldn't see them. He actually was like, where are they? I'm going to go find them. And he like stands up and walks right toward them. And like the minute he got to where they were, they kind of dissipated. But well, also, first... I feel like everybody was like so put off by it. That, and like, like, I don't know if we should, I don't know if we should be here. And I was like, nah, we should be here. And I just <laughs> barrel into it. Every it, it, had, it, had a, it had a really distinct feeling anyway, but it was probably the only time 
or one of the very few times that I was able to consistently see shadow figures without them like disappearing or without them just being in my peripheral or I'm sitting a foot away from him and I can't see them. Right. Like, and that to me is like the most frustrating thing. It's like, <laughs> like where? where? Like, I'm going to go them? find them. But we also <laughs> didn't have, we didn't have any, we didn't have our camera there. We just had a voice recorder. Yeah. I think we were like actually, I think Closing it was like middle. after an event and we were kind of like making sure everything was like in its right place and closed up. And, and you, so like we weren't, we didn't have any equipment with us besides like our phones. And that's what we were ro- rolling the recorder on for the EVP session. But like, it's always that, those moments. So speaking of equipment, what are your guys' favorite pieces of equipment to use? It's a good question. Um, honestly, just voice recorders. Uh, I mean, like I said before, like your body is the best investigative tool. Like feel the way that things feel, I think is very important. Um, but in terms of like the gadgetry, uh, I really like voice recorders and voice recorders and cameras are like the two those are like the easiest way to like if you can capture something on either of those it's the hardest to disprove like it's really cool you know we have like some of the more complicated stuff like like the sls and like the uh like a spirit box and like that stuff but i mean it's really interesting when you can get stuff to happen with those that are in direct response but I always try to take those pieces of evidence with a little bit of a grain of salt because there's so much contamination that could be happening with those right. specific devices. Right. Um, and, and just like metering is important too. Uh, you know, an EMF detector, it's thought that spirits put off electromagnetic fields. You know, it's a, everything's theoretical. Nobody knows anything. Um, <laughs> but we like to, you know, we always say that one piece of evidence is not enough. Like, but when you start to layer stuff on top of each other, that's when I start being like, whoa, maybe this is something. Like, so if you feel something, okay, you felt something. But if you feel something and then you can verify that feeling with an EMF spike on a device and you catch a voice on a voice recorder, that's three things happening simultaneously. That to me is much more compelling than me just feeling something or just catching the voice or just getting a hit on an EMF detector. Um, So a lot of, for us, it's like trying to get those moments of, multiple pieces of equipment documenting an event or a feeling or a something. Yeah, there was actually an instance in our in our first in the first episode we put out at Nightmare Matter. Uh, during that investigation there were there was there was a lot of evidence we collected, but there was one moment in particular, I don't know if should I give this away? This is kinda like a little bit of a teaser, so <laughs> uh, if you have spoiler if if if, if who's ever listening hasn't watched it, right. uh, you should totally go watch it. Go watch um, it. Do it. But, not to give away too much of the episode, but there's a moment where we're running uh, an SLS cam, which is a structured light center camera. Uh, basically, it utilizes a uh, Xbox Connects uh, infrared camera, and uh, it analyzes the, I guess, how would you say it? It analyzes the light. So it, basically, it puts, it puts off an infrared grid into the environment, and it's right. looking for disruptions of that grid that are in a human shape. So if it detects a human-shaped distortion in the infrared grid it will map in as a stick figure that's right the, that's the easiest way to explain it. <laughs> yeah i was going to end up so um anyway we were using this this sls camera and <clears throat> we had a figure pop up on our screen and then the moment it popped up on the screen the rem pod right under where uh we saw this this figure mapping and started going off like crazy and I feel like that's a, that's like a great example of uh, layering evidence and stacking evidence. And we got an EVP right after that too. Yeah. So it was it was three things actually I guess that happened all around the same time. 
if it was just a voice recording, it'd be like, oh, maybe it was just uh, interference or us moving or or some something, you know. If it was just the SLS camera, we're like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, this visual paradelia. It's just randomly making sense out of nothing, which does happen from time to time. So we always try to take that kind of evidence with a grain of salt, like Jay said. The, the combination of everything all at once is, is really like the holy growth evidence collecting when we're investigating the paranormal. So I feel like it's hard. It's a hard field to be in for a lot of investigators because that doesn't happen as often as, as we want it to. Uh, so a lot of people are often presenting, you know, single piece evidence, which is totally fine. But, you know, coming from a skeptical place like Jay and I, we're, we really aren't sure if this stuff is real. Like we, we want to, we're trying to convince ourselves more than anybody else. Yeah, that's kind of what drives us. Yeah. I mean, like that stuff, any, anything I've ever experienced and I, I'm just trying to recreate it. I want to know that I'm not crazy. Does that make sense? Like I want to know. We, the shadows, we might be crazy. <laughs> we are, but that's besides the point. I want to know that what I saw or what I experienced or what I felt was real. And, you know, a lot of, I have, I have a lot of skeptical friends who are like, ah, none of that's real. And I'm like, maybe, but maybe it is. And I really want to know if it is, you know? And uh, one thing I really, uh, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but one thing I really like to think of is, is really any, any type of scientific field before anyone knew anything about it, you know, it was just unknown. And, and I think for the paranormal investigative community, there's some people who, who really do believe that they're like deceased members of, you know, our family or whatever, or ghosts and stuff. And But, but I, I feel like a lot of us are just like, we don't know what it is. And we just want to know more. And I feel like there's that drive and that ambition and, and just the amount of stuff we don't know is what really gets us going to these places every other night, you know? All that to say, we, we like voice recorders. <laughs> okay. We're, we're chatty. We're chatty too. You, you've heard our episodes. We talk a lot. We like talking. <laughs> um, just going off of what you were saying about how you're trying to prove to yourself that it's real. Um, at the big box uh, bookstore that Vivian and I used to, well, I still work there. She does not. I am convinced that there's something going on in our store and even when she was still there I'm like there's something in our store and when we got rid of our music sellers we got the the best way I can describe it is like the CVS doorbell it's like an enunciator and we yeah, would, like when you walk in it goes like bing bong you know like the the, the motion thing yeah. uh, so we'd have to put that back in music and there were so many times when there was absolutely no one back there and no one walking through that you just hear ding dong ding dong and it would go oh, on and I'm like so- Okay. Can you stop? But also keep going. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love stuff like that. I've had that happen. You're feeling well. Yeah, I've had that happen in my stop, apartment. Also actually, with um, I have a nightlight that is motion censored. So it's, oh yeah, it's the you know you have to walk in front of it or something has to move in front of it to get the light to turn on. Well, coming back from the haunted museum, which I decided I would provoke shit because I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we did this little test where we made I we made this like spiritual defense kind of spray like this supposed to protect your your aura and all this sort of thing we're witches so that's kind of like we kind of wanted to try it out so we're like hey this place is really spiritually active let's give it a try here but I was the control subject so I didn't take any <laughs> and <Uh-oh>. <laughs> something 100% yeah. followed followed me home um, to the point that I have I have several animals. I have cats, and one of my cats refused to go into the bedroom. She never did do that before. She refused. I like would get to the doorway, would get to the threshold, and stop on either end. And I was like, okay, that's weird. She's never done that before. And then 
one night all of them were in the room with me and the motion light goes off. Like the thing goes off in the hall, like right outside the door. There's nothing moving in my apartment. It's just oh, me. The cats are all in bed with me. I did a head count. I was like, one, two, three. <sighs> <laughs> really? <laughs> really right now? <laughs> oh, man. Those are always disconcerting when it's in your house. Yeah. That's, I'm just like, that's the worst. Well, then I had that. I, I would know all about that. Yeah. Freaking crazy. Like, I had, that was the same. So I had the one cat that refused to go in the room. The other one comes into the bedroom, and I'm shining a light down the hallway to try and get the other one to come in. And I was like trying to lure her in. And he's up on the steps and he's looking at something behind me. The light's not shining that direction. Like, so there's no shadows that are behind me that he's looking at. He's just doing this thing and like, like distinctly at something directly behind me. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So I was like, got up in my pajamas, light the sage, walk through my house, go and get the fuck out of my house. Whatever's in here. Get out of my house. (laughs) Scaring my cats. Get out. Get out of my house. (laughs) It, it did leave it did leave so awesome. it was obviously an animal lover because we were like you're scaring my cats i don't care take it outside yeah literally because i was like dude i don't care if you come and haunt my ass like i don't care like cool rent's due on the third fucker like good, good you know ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> jokes on you buddy but like i'm like just don't scare my animals that's like all i that's all i ask <laughs> no i wonder i i think i want to change my my answer and I think cats are my favorite paranormal piece of investigation. <laughs> now, no, but I'm like half serious. How come we don't do that? I mean, obviously there'd be a crap ton of contamination on have video. You tried, and have you ever tried to get a cat to do what you wanted? <laughs> That's why we. Yes. Well, yes. I you need a pretty special cat, but I've taught my cat how to do an episode where this, we just this, use cats. This is clearly coming from a person that never owned a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like cats because they are the weirdest, funniest, quirkiest animals. You know? Really, are. <laughs> really, are. it's very true. I can't get a cat. My wife's allergic, so. But we should totally do an investigation with a cat. Oh, there's, there's, be there. there's one. Just like hold it out. Just hold the cat team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try. Yeah, just hold the cat like, uh, like Rafiki from um. It's <laughs> <Lion laughs> like. Point. Oh, yeah. Oh no, it's looking. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> but uh. It, to, to come to kind of go off of what you were saying about about your house so I actually just bought this house that I'm in right now about six months ago and it is it is pretty haunted I think like I said I, I never say for sure but there's some stuff that happens here the creepiest thing that happened in this house two months ago and so I it wasn't like that weird time where you're like in between sleep and being awake and being asleep I was like wide awake and I was on my phone and I was just lying in bed and all the lights were off my wife was out cold and out of nowhere, I hear a woman's voice at the foot of my bed, but like in that back corner of the room, just say something. I can't like it. I didn't register it until after it happened. So like, I, I can't even, I think it was like hello or something like, like a common type of like phrase, but it was loud. It was like, if, if you were in the room and you just said, hello, that's what I heard. And I almost shit myself. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, someone who does this, you know, all the time, you know, I literally go into haunted, supposedly haunted and creepy buildings and places all the time. And, oh, man, I turned into, like, an eight-year-old girl for, like, probably an hour. I went under my covers. I put in headphones. I was, like, not dealing with this right now. now. It's not happening. You know, I just, like, couldn't. It's just, like, you're right. It's so different when it's in your house. You know, it's really different when it's in your house and you don't see it coming. Yeah, so. Are you guys ever... 
are you guys ever concerned about that sort of thing? So uh, you sound, you have something in your house, you don't. Um, are you ever concerned about something following you home from an investigation? I don't, I'm not really, I'm like really not afraid of very much, which will either prove me right or prove me very, very wrong. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like in general, whenever we leave a place, I just say, you know, I say out loud, if there's anything here, you can't follow me home. Like you're not allowed in my house. Uh, this is, you know, if you're here, this is where you belong and maybe I'll come back and see you again, but you can't follow me home. And I've never had anything follow me home so far as I know. And, uh, um, I, maybe I'm just not interesting enough to want to, I don't know. Um, I, I, in general, I'm not very concerned about it. Uh, maybe I should be. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I try to let whatever is there know that they're not allowed to. And, uh, if something happens to follow me home, I don't think I'll be like weirded out by it, but I'll be just as forceful in trying to remove it from my home as well. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily worry about it either that much. Um, kind of like Jay said, we, we do kind of, you know, we do kind of say like, please don't follow us home whenever we leave a building or so, <laughs> yeah, but there was, there was one time, uh, that I, I did, I don't know. I, I kind of toyed with the idea that something had followed me home and like, I'm not obviously sure because it just kind of went away after a while. But, um, one time I, we were at Rolling Hills and we came home, like I came home late, late at night and then. The next morning, like, I just felt the whole, like, the next few days, I just felt like someone was watching me, which is something I've never experienced in that apartment before. And then, um, at one point, I, like, woke up and I had, like, scratch marks, which is weird, because, like, I, I could have done it in my sleep, maybe, but it's not something I've ever experienced before. Like, I've never woken up with scratch marks on my arm before. Uh, and they were just, like, three, they were just, like, and that's another thing, I feel like if I was scratching, it'd be five, right? Right. But it was just three. Mm. And it was just right down my arm. And I was like, no, oh, that's... That's un- that's unsettling. That's weird. <laughs> um, same thing. Like, uh, I was pretty much just like, if there's something here, please leave. And eventually the feeling just kind of dissipated. Like, it just kind of went away. But, yeah, I don't know. Like Jay said, either either we're fine or we're going to be <laughs> sorely wrong at some point in the future. Um, so we, we do take, we try to take some precautions. But I think uh, that in general, you know, we come from any investigation from a, a – uh, just trying to be respectful um, yeah, of, course. Of, of, of course, whatever building we're in, of, of the structure physically and anything that may or may not be there. It, we are always trying. We don't really provoke in, unless we are, unless something is like affecting us negatively, I think. But like, are we always go into every place and introducing ourselves, asking, please, thank you, all that stuff. Like we try to respect every thing we come in contact with and uh, maybe that is the reason that we haven't really had much experience with stuff following us home maybe, who, who knows i don't know I think that <laughs> that respect, nice especially in this field yeah. very important yeah we don't necessarily provoke we do sometimes like push buttons although i guess that's the best way to put it <laughs> uh, we're like, i mean as you can tell we're kind of we're not that serious of people <laughs> no we're really goofy um, so like in our investigations are i mean they're not like we don't go in there and start telling jokes but we're pretty we're pretty loose people in general so i think that the way that we handle ourselves in an investigation is kind of more like hey come hang out with us like let's have a good time together more right. than like hey show up on my camera yeah. you know like, <laughs> well, i don't know like i think that, that <laughs> show up dead person or get out right yeah it's like x files like i want to believe <laughs> right? so bad but i just haven't seen something so undeniably paranormal yet 
So, but I'm hoping, hoping that that happens one day. I've seen a, now. I've seen a full-on duplicate of an actual person. So that was crazy. That's where I was like, okay, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what that was. I cannot explain that at all. It was a full-on doppelganger of, of a person who was somewhere else in the building. Oh man, doppelgangers, the creepy like uh, thing. It was. Oh, I actually just uh, it was nuts. did a bunch of research on doppelgangers, and it's scary. Uh, so supposedly, if you if you meet your doppelganger, it's like terrible. Yeah, it's bad. It wasn't my doppelganger, thank God. It was another person, but like we were investigating a hotel in Tahoe. So I was up in Tahoe with this other paranormal team and we were in the, in their nerve center going to switch batteries out of equipment because a lot of times in, in particularly active places, batteries will drain and die a lot faster. I know that's what I've heard from some other paranormal sure, yeah. investigators yeah. where that the, whatever's in the building drains the energy off of the equipment a lot faster. So we would go to switch battery packs and we're, we don't know because we had split off into two groups. There were two investigators. So I was with one team and then the other team was, I don't, we didn't even know where we, we weren't even like talking to say like, Oh, Hey, you go here, you go there. You know, there was no communication. So we were in one part of the hotel and they were completely the other part that we had no idea where they were. We're coming out of the room. I'm coming out first, the other investigators behind me and the investigator leading the other team. We see him come running down the hallway, like out of breath running. And he stops and he grabbed my arm and he goes, you guys have to get to the rafter room. You guys have to get to rafter room right now. It's crazy. And then he keeps running and we're like, uh, wh- what? Like, uh, okay, rafter. He goes, yeah, it's crazy. And then disappears around the corner. He was solid, completely solid. Wasn't like a see-through person. Didn't walk through a wall. Like I was like, okay, well maybe he ran to his room to go get something he forgot or something and then was going back. So we take our stuff and we go into the room, we climb up and these are rafters in this old hotel that was built in like the twenties the or thirties. So we're climbing up into, into the literal rafters of this hotel. We get to the back. There's a group of about 12 or 13 people with this other investigator. He's in the back corner of the rafters. There is no way he could have gotten past all of them out to where we were at and run unless he found like a clue, uh, like in the game clue where he found like a secret passage behind a bookcase and like went up. He was not out of breath. The, the, The person I saw was wearing exactly the same thing he was wearing. It was insane. And we go, Patrick, did you, did you just tell us to come up here? And he goes, what are you guys talking about? And the other group was like, he's been here the whole time. We've had cameras on him this whole time. He has not left here. I was like, that's incredible. It was not. And in the, the other guy, like Jason who was with us who goes, dude, that's not fucking funny. That's not fucking funny, man. Like he's like, stop. He's like, he goes, you had to come. He's like, we just saw you in the hallway. You told us to come up here. And he's like, no, I've been in here the whole time. And the other, the whole group. So unless they got like 13 other people to lie for him and like hid the shit, like, it was nuts. It was really nuts. So that was, that oh, was, that's, that's, that's incredible. That's, yeah. that's pretty wild yeah. stuff. I've never experienced that, but my, my friend did. And he saw my doppelganger. Oh, um, he called, well, he like texted me one day, at like five in the morning. And, uh, he's like, you're at home. Right. And I said, yeah. He's like, okay, cool. So I called him later on that day. And he's like, dude, I was sleeping and I woke up and I was in my bedroom. I was in bed. I was in my bedroom. Lighting was the same it was i woke up i was awake you were standing at the foot of my bed and i'm like uh and then he's like yeah and then i woke up again and you were gone and the only thing that changed in the whole scene was that you weren't there lighting everything was the same oh wow i was like oh (laughs) no man i was not in your unless i was like astral projecting in my sleep which i feel like would be 
a very impressive thing for me. Considering I have no idea how to do that. Um, right, like, I yeah. didn't even know I was doing it. <laughs> so this whole episode, we're talking about uh, what our personal paranormal dream destinations would be. Where are places that you guys would want to go and investigate if, you know, money, time, travel, all of that was no object. Yeah. So it's funny, Jay and I were, so um, we were texting about this earlier today. And I was like, man, I have so many places I want to investigate. I was talking about like the Stanley Hotel, Trans-Allegheny, you know, Eastern State Penn, like all these famous haunted places. And then Jay's like, well, I'm trying to think of a place that is really hard to get into. So I was like, the White House. How soon would it be That's a good one. to investigate that is a good one. the White House? That place has to be haunted. Oh, 100%. I mean, all this shit that's happened in there. I was thinking that, and I, I would love to like investigate like a Scottish castle or something. Something like old, like, like old. Like like, you know, America's old, but I mean, think about like all the buildings and structures that predate America and, and Europe. Like there's like some crazy, gotta be some crazy places with some crazy. What about, places. um, Easter about- Island. There it is. I want to go to Easter Island Easter. or even like not paranormal wise, like Easter Island period. Well, that's, or- that's like, that's like going into some like alien stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm- maybe, maybe. Paranormal uh, alien. I want to get all Tom Long on you guys, but could be. Island is. I mean, we have Area 51 out here, so <laughs> you're not going to get weird on us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there is, I mean, there's so many places that are like, you know, Alcatraz would be cool. I mean, it's just, there are so many really, really, really great spots that are difficult to gain access to. There are diff- places that are in our own hometown that, that are hard to get access to that uh, we would love to go to. So, I mean, there, there's... Our bucket list is very, very long. <laughs> it's a lot on it, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Hopefully we can slowly kind of chip away at it. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of really cool places all over the country. And I think that that, especially now, like the normalization of paranormal investigation is really cool. Like what I was super excited about uh, when I started volunteering at Rolling Hills Asylum was that the place and places like it exist like you can find a place probably not far from where you live. Most places in this country where you can learn how to investigate the paranormal by, you know, and, and you're patronizing like a historic location that, you know, the people that are owning these buildings are generally taking the money that you spend to get into the building and putting it right back into the building and keeping it, you know, alive, if you will, uh, for more people to have the ability to learn uh, what, this field is all about and that is like you know if there's any cool part about living now it's that it's very available and more accepted i think now than it ever has been right for sure so do you guys have any tips we kind of talked about it a little bit do you guys have any tips for like amateur or aspiring investigators i i I would necessarily even say that that we are amateur and aspiring investigators i feel like it's a learning process in itself um you know like a lot of a lot of people in the the community say there's no such thing as a paranormal expert and I, i kind of agree like in order to be an expert there has to be some definitive fact factual basis for what we're doing and we just haven't gotten there yet. But I would say my advice would be just go out and do it. It's not it's not inaccessible. It can be a very expensive hobby or pursuit or, or career or whatever, passion, whatever you want to call it, but it, it doesn't have to be. Right. Um, like when I first started, it was just me and my cell phone. And like Jay said, there's times even now where it's just us and our cell phones. And, you know, we've 
gotten some really, really cool evidence. And I would say just get out there and do it and um, learn from your mistakes. Learn from other people. Talk to as many people as you can because, you know, there's that whole movement for para-unity and this this whole community is just really involved with each other and they're engaging and they want to talk to you, and which is something I haven't experienced in, in any other field that I've been involved in before. So yeah, I would just say get out there and do it. I mean, just start don't, doing it. But don't break into places. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Don't. Make sure you don't get permission to invest in like, places. Um, I, feel we, I feel bad because there's like so many really, and like I follow all these really cool urban exploration uh, like uh, accounts on Instagram. And I'm like 99% sure that they're just breaking into a lot of these places. And it's really cool and really pretty, but yeah, don't. Don't do that. Don't be respectful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's like, you know, these people that own, especially these like haunted buildings, um, you know, they they didn't do it because it's going to make them a lot of money. They did it because they love it and they appreciate the history and they have a respect for the paranormal and, and they want to preserve that. So, yeah, definitely don't break into places. Be respectful of locations you're in. A lot of these places have rules. Just just be respectful. And that ends up because if you break in, that ends up breaking the curve for other people that then go to try and investigate yeah. that later. And yeah. people are like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore because people kept breaking in here. So, you know. 100%, yeah. And yeah. Anyway, that that would be my advice. What's yours, Jay? Yeah, I mean, that's the same. Just just get out there and try it. Like, you know, like Jerry was saying, there's a lot of places that have uh, public hunts. Like, go for a public hunt, see if it's for you. I mean, there, and there are so, so many people out there that are willing to talk to you and help you. And, and that, yeah, pretty much everything you said, I, I, I mirrored exactly. The community is so, so great and so helpful and so into helping each other that uh, it's it's a really, really welcoming community that the paranormal world is. It's a backwards way to say it. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Yoda. <laughs> so our last question for you guys, um, and we've kind of talked about some of them already, but do you have a paranormal experience that is the absolute most frightening thing that you've ever experienced? Yeah, I think, I don't know about frightening. That ball thing is the scariest thing I've ever experienced because it was so weird. But uh, I think if I saw a full-bodied apparition, I'd probably, I don't know if I'd be afraid, but I'd be taken back. I don't know. <laughs> sure. I, this is, I feel like I won't know until it happens. Like, right. just, I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to react. Just keep putting it out into the universe. Yeah. Like, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Rolling Hills once, and I thought I saw a full-bodied apparition walking across the hallway because I didn't think there was anybody else in the building. And, like, for a split second, I was like, that's a ghost. And my initial reaction was I ran towards it. <laughs> uh, but I caught up to it. It turned out that a person had come into the building and was walking into a room. Um, and I was like, ah, dang it. But, Next like, time. in that split second, <laughs> you see you running. it was a... It was a full-bodied apparition to me, and I was like, well, I guess if that happens again, I'm going to run towards it. <laughs> so I learned. So I guess I do know how I'm going to react, I think. Maybe. <laughs> there you go. Situational. Yeah, I think I think the scariest experience I had was um, the one I commented on earlier with me being in bed and hearing a woman's voice in my bedroom. Yeah. And it was something so simple. And um, if I was in any other, if it was any other context, like if I was in a building and I heard that, it wouldn't bother me at all. Like, there's actually a point in our episode where I hear a disembodied voice, and I got, I was like, oh, you know, I was like super excited about it. Um, but just, I wasn't prepared for it. It was in my house, right? And uh, yeah, I was, I was not in a good spot. I was like, I was, I was afraid. I really was, and, and I don't think whatever is in my house is malicious by any means. But it's just not, not something you want to do in a place where you're not expecting it. You don't want to experience something yeah. and you don't expect it, right? So that was roughly unsettling for sure for sure 
Yeah, that's like when you you're like I'm expecting it to hear it when like when we go and investigate, but not in my house. <laughs> like that's that's a oh different, yeah. yeah, like I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, here. I mean I have goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, as a person with anxiety, every bump that I hear, I'm like I'm getting murdered. This is how I die. <laughs> <laughs> and me, I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm just like at me, spirit. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> Stop scaring my cats. I am. I'm like, I'm like, I want, I want to experience things. Like I want to see things. I want to hear things, but I don't know. For some reason, that moment just caught me so off guard. I really hope I don't experience something like that again. I will say that I have been a little bit, I guess, um, conditioned to, um, to deal with the things I hear in my house. Like I kind of expect it a little bit more and it doesn't bother me as much. Um, my wife is actually hundred percent skeptical. I got a call once I was in rehearsal with Jay and we were, I got a call and my wife's like, are you home? I'm like, no, I'm at Jay's house. And she's like, okay, well, there's somebody walking around downstairs. And I'm like, okay, we should, did you go down there? Like, do you need to call the police? Like someone in our house? And she's like, oh no, I went downstairs. There's no one in the house, but there's someone walking around down here. And I was like, yes. I was like vindicated. I was like, (laughs) she's like, no, I don't believe. And I'm like, come on. You know? So she's not going to crack. She's not going (laughs) to, until she sees it, she's not. You know what? She's going to be the one to see a full body apparition. And just be like, yeah, it's a person. That's not a full-bodied apparition. It's going <laughs> to be some, her. Not us. Somebody with a sheet on. It's Halloween. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> the ghost is literally in her face like, like hello. In a row, a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe she's the, maybe she's what's haunting the house. Like, maybe. She's like, <laughs> maybe it's all fake and she's just cre- like creeping me out. I keep seeing this woman in my house. Long, <laughs> For how long? <laughs> Ever since I married her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for being on, for letting us bend your ear for like an hour. Sorry it took a little longer, but. Uh... Oh, thank you for having us. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We, uh, we love, we love talking about this stuff in particular. And, for sure. So do um, <laughs> we're, we're kind of ramblers anyway. We, we have, we do a lot of like radio interviews for our band too. And I feel like it's always the same thing. Like the interview, the interviewer was like, <laughs> we'll do a quick interview. It'll be 20 minutes. The next thing we've been talking for like an hour. And it's like. <laughs> You know, we did we did this interview once at the radio station, and at some point, I stopped myself and I was like, oh, "We're talking about washing machines." Washing machines. Oh, I was like, "Wow, this got out of hand fast." <laughs> um, How did we get so, here? Thank you so much for being. We didn't get to the washing machine today. We didn't get to the washing machines yeah, sorry, today, but yeah. Fine. But now I'm curious. <laughs> yes, but we kind of want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll make it real quick. The washing machine, it was actually a dryer, and the dryer in my house was making uh, a, a squeaking sound that was bleeding into all of our recordings, and uh, we were trying to sample it uh, to, like, make it sound the way we wanted it to sound in the song, <laughs> and that's how we started talking about washing There you go. Yeah. So what, it wasn't completely out of context, but it, it was. It kind of was. <laughs> this is where we give each other to plug the show. Um, tell people where to find it, um, when the next episode's coming out, anything you guys want to plug about it. Sure. You want to go first, Jay? Sure. Uh, Ghost Show is the name of the show. Uh, our episodes, full-length episodes, are on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is Ghost Show TV, uh, as well as our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's all Ghost Show TV. You can search us and find us there. Um, our first episode uh, is online on YouTube right now. It was at Nightmare Manor in Rochester, New York. Jerry, you can explain when our next episode will be. Um, so as, as we're recording this, um, we're kind of in the midst of uh, this, this corona outbreak, which is terrifying. So our, uh, our production schedule is a little uncertain right now, but 
Uh, we do have a lot of awesome things in the pipeline. Uh, so once things kind of, uh, hopefully sooner than later, return to normal, we have a lot of really cool stuff that we're really excited to show everybody. So, but if, if you haven't checked out our episode yet, um, go over to our YouTube channel and uh, let us know what you think. Like, we want to have conversations with you guys. You know, um, we're, we're really open. If, if you interpret, like, a piece of evidence that we've collected differently, like, let us know because, you know, we're not like we're kind of in the same boat as you. Like we are just interpreting what we hear and we're not saying um, we're not saying we're right uh, or, or wrong one way or another. So if, if you hear something we don't like, like, that's the stuff we love. We love having conversations with people about about evidence. <laughs> so, yeah, follow us on all the follow us on all the things, Instagram, Facebook. And, yeah, stay tuned. I, I really think uh, the stuff that we have lined up in the future is it's going to be some really great, really great content for you guys. Yeah, and in the meantime, we do have some more stuff related to our first episode that's coming out, too. So we did a whole, each of us did, like, a solo investigation, uh, and that is going to be coming out soon. Uh, like, a whole, kind of just our solo investigations and, like, its own contained video and uh, some more stuff kind of related to our experiences and us talking through, like, what, what we each felt about it. And uh, those will be coming in the coming weeks, and hopefully we'll have a better idea of when the next episode will be once uh, the world figures out this whole thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully so, yes. Go subscribe. Go subscribe and give, them, and give them lots of views and lots of likes and hit that like button on that video. Well, that's all the time we have for today, Spooky Nation. Reach out to us on all social media where we're available as This Spooky Show or on our website, www.thisspookyshow.com. Ooh. Yes. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon and our... Merch. Merch. Yes. We have a new Sister Spaghetti mug. It's yeah. cute. It's adorable. I'm very proud of it. Because she woke up already. I did. woke up already. <laughs> I woke Mom's up already <laughs> and used Photoshop. Yes. <laughs> I mean, coffee is a great way to wake up. Bones coffee is a great way to wake up. It's true. Why Ding. not enjoy it in your new sister spaghetti, spaghetti mug. mug? Just saying. Duh. Just saying. Plus, they typically have sales going on pretty regularly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can snag some of our merch at, which is already priced pretty great, at an even greater price. Yeah. Plus, you help support the show, help keep it free, and help keep us in coffee insanity. Yes. Which, uh, the coffee is very important. For said sanity, yes. yes. Try some of it's... that Bones coffee. Uh, we did try a high voltage once, and that is fantastic. So, highly recommend high voltage from Bones coffee. And listen, I, I get it. I'm a cheap bastard. I shop the sales. So, this is your chance. Yes, yeah. do it. <laughs> and each of us has a themed shirt, I think, at this point up now. I think. I think so, yeah. Even our sacrifice. Yeah, he even has one. Oh, his is my favorite. <laughs> And once again, we'd also like to send a big spooky shout out and thanks to Jay and Jeremiah over at Ghost Show. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show this week. Yes. Spooky Nation, be sure to head over to their social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ghost Show TV. Give them a follow and it goes without saying that you guys love spooky paranormal content. So what are you waiting for? Yeah, what are you doing with your life? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know what you should be doing. You've got nothing but time. Really, it's true. Do you need something to do during this quarantine? Yeah. Well, Shade's going to tell you what to do. (laughs) Exactly. You're going to go on your computer. Yeah. uh huh. Or phone or tablet. Yes. Uh Yes. Yeah. uh You're going to go on some device. Okay. Yeah. You're going to go to YouTube.com. How do you spell that? It's (laughs) Y-O-U-Tube. We're not actually spelling (laughs) this, are we? T-O-O-B-E. (laughs) 
Get out. <laughs> Get out. YouTube.com slash ghost show TV. And you can watch episode one of Ghost Show, a haunted house attraction that's actually haunted. Nightmare Manor. Yes. That sounds amazing. Yes, it was a really good episode. Check it out. Watch it now. Join us in two weeks when we delve into the darker sides of the human psyche with episode 21, The Cult of Personality, A Brief History of Famous Cults. Stay spooky, friends!